tonight, and fellas, we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now. Uh, for the national championship game, it's Georgia, it's Bama, it's eight o'clock, it's legacies, uh, it's it's history. Uh, it's a number of things, and I say that regardless of who wins. Obviously, if Georgia, that is a legacy, Ben. Georgia wins, that is a legacy. For everybody who can say, I was on the 2021 uh, UGA football team, that is legacy. Uh, that is something that's not happened in 41 years uh, for this Georgia Bulldog football team. And obviously for Kirby Smart, it's legacy. On the other side, it's it is legacy. It's the next Alabama team that won. It's the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that also gets the national championship. It's adding another one on uh, to the, the the mark of Nick Saban. So I think legacy's on the line for both of these teams here tonight. We'll be here broadcasting live uh, here three and out, leading you up uh, towards uh, the NCAA. Not the NCAA. Actually, I got to quit saying that college football playoff championship tonight in Indianapolis. Well, this is what it's all about, guys. I mean, this is what you play all season four. Uh, for all the speculation, all the what could the playoff look like talk, all the what if this team wins, what if this team loses, here we are. And it's Alabama and Georgia. It's Georgia and Alabama. And, Kevin, the way you talked about it, these are programs, I think, with similar expectations. Yeah. You know, Alabama's the standard. When you think about Kirby Smart and coming over from Tuscaloosa, the longtime defensive coordinator for Nick Saban, I think he has built Georgia in kind of the Alabama model, but, but, but with Smart's own uh, fingerprints obviously all over it. But uh, this is a – this is a showcase of, I think you described it earlier, uh, Kevin, I was hearing you talk about it's, it's, it, it's the student, it's the teacher. Yep. It's, it, it's the offense versus defense. It's uh, maybe the, the, the model program versus the up-and-coming model program. The storylines are countless. I think we're going to be uh, set for a long night, and by that I mean a great game. I don't think this is going to be a game where I know some people have said, could this be a 10- to 14-point win one way or the other? That would surprise me. That would surprise me. I think you're going to get Georgia's A game. I think you're going to get Alabama's A game. I think we're going to have a closer contest than we had in Atlanta a little over a month ago. And, and Ben? I can't wait. I mean, Kevin, you said a couple of days ago on the show, this is one of those things that you talk about in sports radio for, for yeah. two weeks, three, and <laughs> and, and it's, it, it's worthy of that acclaim. It's worthy of that attention. We've talked about it from every angle. We're going to do it for the next couple of hours, but it's time to kick this thing off and play some ball. Wow. And when you think about, uh, you know, Kevin, you talk about legacy, BJ, you talk about the different storylines. What happens tonight lasts forever. That's the thing. I mean, win or lose, this lasts forever. Banners, they definitely wait forever. I mean, BJ, I know we always talking about, you know, what would you do if you had a national championship ring? It doesn't matter what you do with it. If you want it, you're a national champion forever, whether you wear the ring or not. I think when you think about a guy like Kirby Smart, everybody wants to do, like, you know, a player to school. You know, I, I want to come back and show that, hey, I love my alma mater. That's why I didn't take another head coaching job in any other place for Georgia. Waited on Mark Red. And people say, can you take it to the next level? This is his second uh, national championship appearance. Problem is, you got to deal with the same guy who you who you used to coach under at Alabama, Nick Saban. I mean, I mean, Kevin, you always talking about you just trying to cement, you know, uh, another great season. Great season at Alabama means you win national championships. Great season at other places mean maybe you got to play Alabama or you supersede the expectation. If you don't win the Natty at Alabama, it was a failed season. I don't care what you accomplished with Will Anderson or Bryce Young or James, you know James and Will Williams, uh, BJ. But if you are Georgia. You, if you win tonight, you get to finally breathe. You finally get to say, oh, because none of these, none of these young men was obviously. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, they were talking to Stetson Bennett. He was talking about listening, uh, you know, famous uh, news. I mean, uh, famous, um, you know, uh, newscasters, uh, uh, Kevin. Yeah, Larry Munson's calls. Yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so today, so, so I, I will say this though: when people talk about what it takes 
to get to the top of the mountain. I'm a player that never, ever, you know, uh, played in the national championship. So I'm always envious of any team that plays in it. I'm a fan of college football players first. I'm a fan of college football players. I mean, college football second. So I do think tonight, Kevin and BJ, everybody says, it. hey, man, there they go. That's Alabama. People that played Georgia in the regular season, you took an L. They didn't lose a game in the regular season. Texas A&M is the only team that can say they beat Alabama. But when the stages are, the, are, the, are you know, or set like this. Alabama is at their best. Can Georgia finally get over the hump of saying, hey, we are built for the moment. We can handle the pressure. And I said this, and I'm going to continue to say this regardless of what happens tonight. If Georgia, whether that's tonight or, you know, uh, many nights coming, or many, many seasons coming, if the University of Georgia is going to win a national championship, it's going to come from a quarterback that grew up wanting to be a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, you've said just, that a couple times. I, I just feel that way, BJ, because it's different, right? It's different. Listen, listen, I, I don't got nothing against JT Daniels. JT Daniels grew up in Southern California. JT Daniels grew up a Bruins fan, right? Uh, he grew up a Trojan fan, maybe even a Fresno State fan. He did not grow up a Georgia fan. I ain't heard nothing about JT Daniels. That his great great grandparents, nobody is even from this area. That's not <laughs> his fault. But Stetson Bennett, we talk about there are storylines, and then there are Stetson Bennett storylines, which I know we're going to get into it. Kevin, BJ, you guys used to call his games. Kevin, you were talking about it. You know how I used to call his games, man. This kid, he, he, he's never going to look the part, but he's been the part. So when you talk about the exception to the rule, that could be a guy named Stetson Bennett. We'll see what happens tonight, but everything is on the line tonight. You could throw out all the storylines. You could throw out, you know, uh, the teacher, student, Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett, Will Anderson, Jordan Davis. Hey, man, them boys from Athens going to meet them boys from Tuscaloosa. And there will be no ties today, ladies and gentlemen. One team will come out victorious. That's why we play the game. <laughs> and, again, I think, obviously, this is, uh, you know, I, I was making a joke with uh, with Christian uh, earlier today. I said, hey, it's Bama. You, you probably shouldn't want it any other way. And he said, no, I'll take whoever it was <laughs> at this point. But I do think you yeah. look at this particular playoff field uh, as it was put together. I think if Georgia's playing anybody but Alabama tonight, you feel really good yeah. about winning the national championship, right? I mean, because you were better than Michigan. You were better than Cincinnati. And I think that's there's no question. But it's Alabama that, st- that stands in your way. And I think, if you, to me, that will make it twice, the, twice as sweet. as If you, you get that team in this setting that has stood in your way, stood in your way, stood in your way, and you get over, uh, that's going to feel extra extra special I'd have to imagine if that's who you bump off to win the national championship for the first time since uh, since 1980 uh it's the old Rick Flair quote right to be the man you got to beat the man I'm not saying a national championship wouldn't be sweet if you bumped off Cincinnati but you beat Alabama in the national championship game you beat the man right you beat the they haven't won the 16 time world champion like you beat the king of college football to get it done. Yeah, it would be it would be the statement victory with the exclamation yeah. point in that, yes, you you have won the national title this generation. You have changed the narratives. You've changed the talking points. But you did it and you did it against the current standard. You did it against the GOAT, the Kings. You did it against the, the program by which every other program is measured. And I, I, I really think Kirby Smart wants that opportunity. I really think that Kirby Smart and the players in this program look at it and go, we didn't play our best in Atlanta. We didn't play our best in the SEC championship game. And remember, 
I know that everybody looks at that game and goes 41-24, 41-24. Georgia was winning by, by, by double digits. Georgia was up 10-0 in the second quarter of that game, and then you had the Jamison Williams catch and run that kind of reversed things and, and, and reset seemingly kind of the momentum of the entire afternoon. But Georgia knows they can play with Alabama. Georgia knows they can beat Alabama. They know they can do that on this stage. I mean, let's not forget, for as much as everybody talks about what happened in Atlanta uh, a, a month ago, how about what happened in Atlanta a couple of years ago? where, Kevin, you were talking with somebody earlier today, where Georgia did not trail in regulation of the last national championship game they played in. They did not trail to the final throw of the right. game. Right. They yeah. did not trail until the walk-off from, from Tua to Devonta Smith. So this program knows what it can do. This program knows what it's capable of. Yeah, Alabama's this, Alabama's that. Tonight, that doesn't matter. In a couple of hours, that doesn't matter. And, Ben, this has been hard for me to learn because, you know, I'm a stats guy and mm-hmm. a trends guy. Yeah. But every week you have told me, the last game does not matter. Yeah. What happened previous uh, to where you are and when the ball is about to kick off means nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're Georgia, you take the field not confident. Mm-hmm. You take the field convinced. Mm-hmm. We're the better team. Mm-hmm. We have the more complete roster. Where's our weakness? If you look at Georgia and you're telling me Stetson Bennett's our weakness, well, Stetson Bennett's fourth in the nation in passer rating, didn't lose a game in the regular season, and has a higher passer rating than Bryce Young. You mean the guy who just threw for 320 yards against Michigan? The guy who just threw for 340 yards against Alabama? That's our weakness? If that's your weakness, you've got a championship team, and that's where you are. I mean, where's your weakness? Some people at the beginning of the year said, oh, Georgia's offensive line might not be great. Georgia's allowed the fewest sacks in Power 5 football. The only teams that have allowed fewer sacks than Georgia are Army and Air Force. I mean, if you're saying, well, maybe the playmakers aren't there. You mean, and Ben, you tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe the greatest freshman season we've seen by a tight end in modern college football history. You're talking about Jermaine Burton averaging 20 yards per catch. Maybe it's the secondary. I just saw PFF say that Darian Kendrick's one of the highest graded corners in all of college football this year. You mean the Darian Kendrick who had two picks in the Orange Bowl? Where's the weakness? So I'm sure Alabama feels the same way. But if you are Georgia, you take the field not thinking you're the better team, knowing you're the better team. And Ben, I think you have to do that to win this game tonight. The biggest thing Georgia has to do is they got to be punching back in the fourth quarter. See, the thing about Alabama is Alabama throws punches and they take punches. I could take a punch. The thing about Georgia is it's like you can't – you've seen it all, right? As you talk about Kevin and BJ, you've been up double-digit points. It's still, it's, still, it's still points, you know, not on the scoreboard. It's still time on the clock. Yes, because Alabama can beat you. You talk about a similar thing, and I'm not – at least I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan through and through. Atlanta Falcons didn't trail when they was in the Super Bowl. They, they was winning the whole game. They're playing against Tom Brady. Right. I am not comparing uh, Bryce Young to Tom Brady by no means. But there's something about Nick Saban when he's staring at you across the field. There's something about Alabama when they look right at you. Because the thing is, the hardest thing for any football player is to say, dude, I hit that dude as hard as I could. And he got up. Now, he might have got up slowly, but he got up. Alabama says, listen, man, I'm built to take punches more than I throw them. And that's the thing, because people say, man, we had him, we had him, we had him until we didn't. Kirby Smart might be built for this moment. Maybe it wasn't an SEC championship game, right? Maybe he wasn't ready for the first national championship because it came quicker. Because last time I checked, I think it came in the second year as a coach. It came kind of quick. And I'm not the only person to say, man, I don't want to peak too early. Maybe he peaked too early <laughs> in the second year, but he knows what it's taking. He's t- Everybody on this roster was not on the roster in 2017. He's a, a total different set, a total different set of uh, players, but he's been there before. He's saying, fellas, this is what it takes to beat Alabama. Now, just because I got the just because I got the blueprint doesn't mean it's gonna work. <laughs> right. But BJ, I think you said it. People don't like Stetson Bennett because he's not 6'4. 
People don't like Stetson Bennett because he doesn't look like the prototypical quarterback. Name a quarterback of Georgia's went undefeated in the regular season in the modern era. His name is Stetson Bennett. Not all these, I mean, I mean, Jake Fromm is the reason why Jake Eastman had to go back out to Washington, right? So it's, it might not come from the quarterback you wanted it to be, but what else can Stetson Bennett do? I did it without George Pickens. I did it without Burton. I did it without Kier Jackson. It was me and a freshman uh, a tight end named Brock Bowers in a running game that was subpar when you look at what Georgia's been over the years. So if it don't come from Stetson, man, I mean, I, I'm, and I'm, you know, these Georgia fans, I'm not saying they don't appreciate him, but the, the greatest thing that ever happened to JT was Stetson Bennett because this ain't just about 2021. What, what did Stetson do for you two years ago? He was here, so he, he got experience. I think this is going to be the game. We'll see what happens, but I do agree. Kevin, the BJ legacy is on the line. Everything is on the line. For everybody that don't like Georgia, one, because you're never playing with two, because they beat the hell out of you <laughs> when they did play you. But if you Alabama, man, as you say, Kevin, man, you, tr- you don't, Bryce Young don't want to be the guy that win the Heisman and didn't complete the job because Derrick Henry, Devonta Smith, Mark Ingram, all won the Heisman, all won the national championship. He want to add to that legacy. And we've got so much to get to leading up to uh, this game here tonight, Georgia and Alabama. You can come out and see us here at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Love to hear your thoughts on the national championship game here tonight as well. No better place to be than right here at Coach's Corner. Come kick off between Georgia and Alabama. We'll come back. Brooks Austin, Dogs Daily on SI, set to join us. We'll get his uh, final thoughts here ahead of Georgia and Bama. When we come back here, it's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You can also catch us live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. On the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, Kevin Thomas, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop, coming to you from Coach's Corner on Victory Drive, in Thunderbolt, coming out and join us. No better place to watch uh, the national championship uh, tonight than right here at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive. Great food, uh, salads, sandwiches, pizzas, you name it, right here in time for the uh, national championship. And again, I'm looking at like 17 different screens, and they'll have them all the national championship here tonight. So not a bad seat in the house here at uh, at Coach's Corner. I want you to come out and join us tonight. And uh, joining us right now, we've talked to him all throughout the season, and there is but one more game to go for the dogs, and it is tonight. Brooks Austin, Dogs Daily on SI. Joining us here, Brooks, it all comes down to this. Uh, I know uh, a lot of Georgia fans obviously nervously excited about uh, about tonight's ball game. Your, uh, your thoughts here, what, uh, four hours or so, a little bit more than four hours away from kickoff? Um, pray for me, gentlemen, because I run a, uh, a message board with about 1,000 Georgia fans in there. And um, they're all going to be probably either really, really happy or really, really miserable tonight. So um, we'll see. I just, just prayers up for those of us. But I think you're having problems hearing me. Go ahead, say that again, Brooks. I said I think you're having problems hearing me. I can, I can hear you. I can hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was just saying that. Uh, you know, I, I think everyone's kind of on pins and needles right now. If you're, if you're a Georgia fan, um, I, no reasons to feel confident other than the the 13 game sample size that you had uh, this year prior to the SEC championship game. So um, I think that's about the only source of confidence that you have, but the, the most recent sample size of Georgia versus Bama doesn't really leave room for much confidence. I would imagine if you're a Georgia fan. So Brooks uh, is the start to this game, I guess, given what we've seen in recent editions of Georgia, Alabama going to be critically important tonight to kind of set the tone either way. I mean, for me, man, like, if you're a Georgia fan, it, it ain't got nothing to do with the daggum start. It's got everything to do with the finish. I mean, you know, Mark Rick for years, right? I think he was there for 12 years. All, all you ever heard about was finish the drill, right? Finish the drill, finish the drill, finish the drill. 
Georgia's going to have to finish the drill tonight. They, they've had, three, you know, four leads in the last four football games against this football team, okay? And, and for the lack of a better term, even the regular season game, national cha national championships or the chance to compete for one were on the line in every single one of those, you know, ball games. And Alabama made the necessary adjustments, did the necessary things to come back and win those football games. To me, the answer tonight about who wins this football game comes down to whether or not Georgia responds when Alabama punches them in the mouth. Because it's going to happen. 67 yards, Jamison Williams, touchdown, okay, on third and two, punched in the mouth. The next two possessions, Georgia goes three and out and busts uh, routes on third downs, okay? Alabama scores, I think, 37 unanswered from that point on in that football game. That can't happen. That can't happen if you're going to win this football game, okay? In 2020 regular season, Jalen Waddle takes it 91 yards for a touchdown. Georgia throws two interceptions on their next two possessions. When Alabama punches you in the mouth tonight, you cannot falter, or else it'll turn out just like it has the last two games. Um, I, I think those are the most important things to me. Brooks, as you mentioned, I mean, this Georgia team got out to double-digit leads most of the time when they was against Alabama. How much is this going to come down to Stetson Bennett and his second-half adjustments? Every 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 time he's played Alabama in the second half, he hasn't been the same player. How much is this going to come down to him just not throwing the ball to Alabama in the second half? Yeah, I, I think for me, Ben, it's, you know, when I, when I study Alabama in January football games, right, in college football playoff games, they played in 12 of them, I believe it is. This will be number 13. They have forced opponents to throw the ball more than 30 times every single game. In fact, prior to the game against Cincy, when I tracked the numbers, they were forcing opponents to throw the football 39 times in those football games. Stetson Bennett's one in three in games where he's been forced or asked to throw the ball more than 30 times. And the only one was last week, right, against Michigan. He threw it 31 times. But I don't think it was out of necessity. I think it was out of creativity. I think they just wanted to throw the ball against Michigan. I, if this game comes down to Stetson Bennett throws the ball 45 times, you guys know how that game ends. You should know how that game ends. If, if Stetson Bennett leaves this game with 35 pass attempts for 337, two touchdowns, no turnovers, I also think you know how this game ends. I, I think that game ends up in success and ends up in the first national title since 1980. 48 pass attempts, that ain't going to get it done, okay, because that means you were one-dimensional and playing from behind most of the football game. That can't happen. All right, Brooks, I know we've asked a lot of folks about this leading up to the game. What's different about this go-around than when they played a month ago? Obviously, Christian Robinson might be a little more healthy for Alabama. There's some things that Georgia might be able to do uh, that they weren't able to do last time. Those adjustments defensively did not play their first uh, their best game last time, especially in the second half against Alabama. What's different tonight that didn't happen in the first go-round? So here, here's how I've, I've kind of tried to explain it, Kev. Um, this football team back on December 4th, you know, they, they busted routes offensively. They busted coverages offensively. They gave up explosive plays defensively. They didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. They turned the ball over. Okay, they didn't execute in the red zone. They did all of these things that are no-nos. They're absolute no-nos in the game of football when you're trying to win critical football games, games like SEC championships and games like national championships. They did it all. They did all the no-nos. They checked every single one of those boxes. And they only lost by 17. I mean, it, it, to be 100% honest with you, they played the worst game of football they had up till that point all year, and they only lost by 17. So give credit to Alabama for, for actually hitting those shots and hitting those punches when, they, when Georgia left themselves open. But also realize that if they just play a half-decent football game, 
we got a tight one, right? We got we got a 38-31 football game going down to the fourth last possession. We don't have a three-score game midway through the third with a team trying to fight and crawl and get back into the football game, okay? So I think for me, it's about execution, okay? It's about not busting routes, not busting coverages, not doing simple mental mistakes that are inexcusable in these types of football games. You're not going to win national title games if you're making something as simple as mental mistakes at this level of football. Those things can't happen, and they happened at an abundance in the SC championship game. It was shocking to see. Brooks, what do you think we see out of George Pickens tonight? I, man, somebody call his agent that he ain't supposed to have. I know we're not supposed to make these jokes, but – I don't know what the rep count is, man. Like, if you're healthy enough to go take a deep ball and get thrown a 50-50 fade ball, you're healthy. If you're healthy enough to run a, a two-step slant against uh, the, the Job kid and jump up in the air and come down and, and do the things that George Pickens has been doing, he's, he's clearly, to me, he's cleared, he's healthy. It's just about whether or not he is on a snap count limit. And I would imagine that if he is on a quote-unquote snap count, that snap count is, you know, maybe – extended by the player in the middle of a game like this, I would think. Okay, so if George Pickens comes to his people and says, guys, I'm playing every daggum snap tonight and the University of Georgia is winning a national title, then ain't nobody telling him no. Okay, but it's not the coaches or the staff's decision, I don't think. I don't think that's how they would do this with any player, not just George Pickens. There is NFL money on the line, which means future references and future examples will be handled the same exact way. What do you want to do, son? Because what you want to do will dictate what we need to do. Um, and I think that can only be answered by George Pickens because medically, I think we have our answer. Medically, it's clear to me that he's clear. Brooke, before the start of the season, obviously we thought there was going to be a healthy George Pickens, uh, Eric Gilbert. <clears throat> uh, both, neither one of those guys made contribution this year, but with Eric Gilbert not even being on the team right now, when you would have – Still making it to the national championship, still being undefeated. Why is it that even with all he's done, with everything he's been through, not just this year but last year, people still got more of a question mark next to Stetson Bennett name when everybody seems to have a problem with this team called Alabama? Yeah, five foot eight, man. That's I mean, that's honestly it is what it is, right? I mean, he's listed at five ten. He ain't. I'm telling you that right now. You guys have seen him. You guys are from South Georgia, Southeast Georgia. That he is not five foot ten. He is a very undersized young man or man at this point. He ain't young no more. He's an undersized man, um, and he's unheralded, right? Unheralded as a recruit. Um, those things get overlooked. Something as simple as stature at the quarterback position, and, and, and you know preconceived notions in terms of rankings. Those things do matter in the public conceived notion of what that athlete is, right? The narrative around Stetson Bennett has been game manager, former walk-on. It has not been elite Heisman contender because, A, that's not what he is, but, B, that's not the reality of the situation. So the narrative around the situation is always going to be 5'8", former walk-on. They will not start with fourth in the country in QBR. That's not what they'll start with. They will always start with 5'8", former walk-on. Whether it's, whether it's right, whether it's wrong, it don't matter. I'll tell you what, when, when you listen to Kirby, when you listen to Todd Munkin, when you listen to specifically those players – specifically that defensive room, um, those dudes believe in 13. So what, what it, the rest of the stuff don't matter. You know what I mean? Like the, all the other stuff's ancillary. It's outside the building, right? Um, how those players feel about those guys. And, and, and the defensively, that, that's the one that stands out to me, man. When you watch these defensive leaders, Noah Smith is a vocal leader of this football team. He is the voice of that defense, okay? I know it's Nakobe in national media. Noah Smith has the loudest voice in that room. 
Watch how Nolan Smith responds and reacts to Stetson Bennett. Watch when Marty McGee is doing his post-game pressers after the Michigan game with Stetson Bennett. Who is leading the chance of Stetson's name? It's Nolan Smith. This team loves this guy, man. They stand by this dude, and they're going to go fight for a title with this guy tonight. No questions asked. Brooks Austin, Dogs Daily on SI, joining us here on 3 and Out. We're coming to you live from Coach's Corner on Victory Drive here in Thunderbolt. Brooks, we talked about Georgia and their adjustments. You're going up against maybe the master of adjustments. What do you expect differently from Saban tonight? And and I guess if we all knew this, we'd all be uh, getting paid millions of dollars to coach football. But what do you expect different from Saban that's like, hey, they didn't see this the first time around. We're going to throw a little something at him. Yeah, I mean, it seems like in these games, Bama players always make the Bama plays. I was doing some film study last night, and there was a a play in the SC championship game. It was a truck sweep into the boundary to Kenny McIntosh. And I I think – I can't remember who it was. I think it was nine. Comes down battle. Jordan Battle makes the tackle, okay? Just a shoestring tackle on the sideline. And I recalled a very, very similar play the year before. Najee Harris Harris hurdles a defender from Notre Dame on the sideline and takes it 60, okay? That, to me, has always been the difference in these games for Bama. I mean, we could talk about adjustments. We can. But the the one adjustment that Saban made was the Tua Tagovailoa thing. It was monumental. It was one of the best coaching decisions ever. The other one, the Jalen Hurts one, that was made for him. Tua got hurt. He had no choice. Okay, the, the coaching was done previously and keeping that guy engaged, right? The, the, the coaching job of Saban was done by keeping Hurts engaged, not making the decision. The decision was made for him. It's all to me about whether or not Georgia's players are going to make plays tonight, man. Like We could talk about whether or not adjustments are going to be made, but that's as simple as, hey, we were playing, man, we went into a little bit of a zone. But players still got to make plays. And then the history of this game, it's been Bama that's been making these plays, okay? So who's going to change that narrative? What football player is going to change that narrative? I think you asked a good one on George Pickens, okay? Guys like Brock Bowers can be changers in this football game too, okay? So th- those those are kind of the names that I'd be watching and kind of the, the matchups that I'm watching. Are dudes going to make plays today? You recruit all these five stars for a reason, man. Go out there and let them do it. Play man coverage. Don't sit there and play zone coverage. Don't let this dude pick you apart because he will. Trust your guys, man. Trust your guys. Go out there and let them play. Uh, Brooks, a lot of people have said this is going to come down to, you know, no surprise, Alabama's offense against Georgia's defense. Let's say Georgia has a, you know, four-point lead late. Alabama gets the ball back with two minutes. In your mind, who wins that battle, Alabama's offense or Georgia's defense? Yeah, to any, I, there's nobody better in college football right now under two minutes than Bryce Young. I mean, everyone dissected that Auburn, uh, you know, last-minute drive, fourth-quarter drive. How about the two-minute drill he had right before the half against Georgia in the SC championship game? I mean, he walked you. He walked you down the field, okay? So his ability to dissect information, his ability to collect information pre-snap is is second to none in college football. I Yeah, if, if it's, hey, four-point lead, I mean, you'll take it. Four-point lead, two minutes left, they get the ball, but you'll take that. Don't get me wrong. I'd be nervous as hell, though, if I were on that sideline because <laughs> that number nine is pretty good. I'm telling you guys, he he is special. He's a special, special football player from the neck up, okay? It start, for me, with him, it starts there. And, and that's why I, I don't think the, the answer is like a lot of people are doing the, oh, well, you just got to give him a variety of looks. Bull crap. I mean, he knows the looks. He sees the looks. He's going to adjust on the fly. That's what he did all SEC championship game. Georgia tried everything. They ran the whole playbook. It's part of the reason why they busted so many coverages because they were playing so much junk all over the place the whole game. Line up, play football. Line up, play man-to-man. Do it, okay? Dare them to try to beat you. Send pressure, a.k.a. 
do what LSU and Auburn did. You know why? Because they had nothing to lose. They had nothing to lose. If you scored eighty, if you scored one play, eighty-five yards, doesn't matter. They're going to line up and play the next snap anyways. Play like you have nothing to lose because you have nothing to lose, Kirby. And Brooks, I mean, uh, when it's all said and done, if Georgia can find a way to, you know, finally get over this hump known as Alabama, Stetson Bennett, the kid from Blackshield, Georgia, he is five eight five nine, but he was still on the number one team in the country all year long. I know what it's going to mean to the Georgia Bulldogs on that field. What is it going to mean to people that's been rooting for the Georgia team trying to finally get over that hump? I mean, let's start with Stetson first. I, I think that's confirmation for, for that young man. I mean, I, I don't think there's any stories like this one, guys. Most of the time when something like this happens, the, the guy is embraced. You know what I mean? Like former – like the national media, I think, is embracing these guys. But you guys follow Georgia fans. You have Georgia fans interact with your content all the time. The overwhelming majority of this fan base has not appreciated 13 this year. They haven't. So for him to go out and lead this football team to a national title, whether you want to say it was through game, man game managership or whatever, I don't care. But for him to do it is confirmation of what he's done for the University of Georgia, which I don't think he necessarily should have to need or require. But the situation that's presented has forced that to happen. So as far as what it would mean for Georgia, man, good Lord. I mean, the, 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 the city of Atlanta uh, it might even get the impact. I know Athens might burn, but, the, the, I mean, it might trickle all the way down 85 south uh, down there into uh, Atlanta and down 316. So, I mean, you really don't know. I don't know how this, this city's going to react and this state's going to react, rather, when they win because this is a Georgia Bulldog state, okay? The Atlanta Falcons, I think they have 800,000 followers on Twitter. The Atlanta Braves, I think, might have a couple million. Georgia's got like 3.1 million followers on Twitter. So if you just want to go like Twitter followers, which is what everyone does in our line of work, hey, how many Twitter followers do you have? Well, I have, you know, X amount. Georgia's got the most here in this state, and that ain't no coinky dink. This is the biggest <laughs> team in the state, and if they win a title tonight, it's going to look like it. Uh, well, Brooks, you, you said when they win. So before we let you go, what's your, uh, what's your confidence level here for Bulldog Zero. Nation uh, ahead of the game? Nah, I got I got I got lashed and, and and tore up on Twitter yesterday. My my score predictions are in. I picked Bama. Look, uh, I, and here's why. Okay, because I watched all you Yahoos, all you guys with all your voices and all your cameras and all your microphones, tell me that Georgia was the better team in the SC championship game. And I'm sitting there going, hey, like that's big brother. That's big brother. You just don't get to walk in with confidence over big brother until you get it done. So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Georgia's gonna win this football game. I'm gonna tell you that Georgia's gonna have to go earn the right to for me to tell you that they're going to win this football game, okay? So I will tell you this, though. 72% of the public money as of Friday, right, the public bets were on Alabama, okay? So the overwhelming majority of America is betting on Bama. However, 70% of the total money, okay, the total money bet in Vegas is on Georgia, minus two and a half. So the sharps and the heavy money is on Georgia, and the public money's on Bama, and the line hasn't moved. So – I don't know what it means. I, I think I think the public's everywhere on Bama. The smart people think they want Georgia, but a lot of late money's coming in on Bama. It's going to be a good football game, guys. I don't think we're going to have a 17-point game, 20-point game like we had in the SC Championship game. There's just too many things that went wrong for Georgia in that football game for this one not to be a great one. I expect a four-quarter fight. Great stuff as always. Brooks Austin, Dogs Daily on SI. Our guest, Brooks, enjoy it tonight, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, man, we'll see you. 
Appreciate it. Brooks Austin joining us here on 3 and Out. We'll come back. We'll react to that and more. We're live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come on out and see us ahead of tonight's football game. Not a bad seat in the house. Certainly the place you want to be to take in dogs and tide tonight. This is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. place to be tonight and right here at Coach's Corner getting ready for the national championship game. Come on out, grab you a spot, and certainly uh, cozy in for what should be a fantastic uh, football game. Uh, BJ uh, and Ben, and certainly BJ, you got a preview up on Southern Pigskin all about this game tonight and uh, where where history could be made in a number of different factors, but uh, preview up southernpigskin.com. Courage folks to go check it out. Well, and I think a lot of this starts at the line of scrimmage. I really do, because one of the uh, overlooked or underappreciated, in my mind, aspects of what Alabama was able to do in Atlanta in the SEC championship game was the success they had at limiting the impact of Georgia's pass rush. And I think that was a big reason why Bryce Young was able to set a new SEC record with 421 yards passing was because for the first time in 31 games, the first time in 31 games, Georgia did not record a sack. And that Alabama offensive line, a group that, quite frankly, has struggled for a good portion of the year, was spectacular. And remember, Alabama's offensive line gave up seven sacks in the Iron Bowl. So, in theory, when you think about the matchup of, of, of that front against Georgia's defensive front, you wonder, could this be a game that Georgia dictates tempo with their pass rush with? And that was not the case in the SEC championship game. Evan Neal, we know about Evan Neal. think he could be the number one overall pick by the time it's all said and done uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was spectacular. But Chris Owens, the other tackle, was equally dynamic. And I think you have to get that that bookend protection from both sides, whether it's uh, Neal and Owens or whether you're using a tight end or a running back to chip, you've got to protect both corners. It can't just be Neal. And uh, Chris Owens was spectacular. Also, center Seth McLaughlin made his first start of the season. Hey, it's your first start of the season. Who do you get? There's Jordan Davis. And did a really good job. And, Ben, you mentioned this too. Alabama, uh, Bill O'Brien, the offensive staff, did a good job of neutralizing the pass rush with scheme as well. So I know we're going to talk about Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett and Jamison Williams and N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis, but I think a lot of this comes down to Alabama's offensive line. For much of this year, you've been okay. Against Georgia in the SEC championship game, you were absolutely elite. And I think if you're going to have a game where you put up 41 points, if you're going to have a game where you put up 536 yards of total offense as they did in Atlanta, it's going to have to start at the line of scrimmage with that front five. Yeah, BJ, and I think, too, I mean, a big difference maker that we ain't talking about a lot is you got a healthy Brian Robinson. The last time uh, they played in the SEC championship game, Brian Robinson wasn't wasn't at his best. And I know, BJ, something that you always kept saying going into the game, why are they trying to run the ball to the Georgia's defense? Because it keeps you honest. Yeah, you didn't get the offensive production you wanted rushing the football, but Jordan Davis – Every time he comes off the football, he's exerting energy. And then when you get a third down, when you want to pass, he's exerting so much energy, he's not the same player. But, you know, players like Jordan Davis are really, really good on first and second down. I just think that when you look at this team, when you look at this, uh, it always comes down to the trenches. I know we get caught up in the perimeter guys and, and Bowers and Williams and, and uh, you know, and Jackson and different things. I think at the end of the day, uh, Kevin and BJ Alabama knows. They got to go out there and exert their will against the Georgia defense. That's still, to me, are the best team going into this game tonight. We'll come back. We'll make some picks here on tonight's uh, football game. Again, we'll have uh, we'll be here till six o'clock. We have got Georgia pregame upcoming for those listening in uh, Savannah's. We're here at uh, Coach's Corner. The rest of you will hear us continuing on for the next couple of hours, and uh, you can continue to watch us here on uh, our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel at ESP Coast on YouTube as well. We'll come back. We'll get some picks in. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
championship rematch in the national championship game, Georgia and Alabama tonight. No better place. Uh, John Henderson just stopped by and said the oysters roasting outside. They got the oyster roast going on. Fantastic. So you can come by and check out the – I know, BJ, you love a good uh, oyster. You yeah, talking he was about telling that? me that they are spectacular. He was, like, yes. breaking down the sides and scope <laughs> and where they were from. I said, I said, look, man, I'll be out there. Like, as soon as we go to break, I'll be out, then I'll be yeah. back in. So I'll be uh, – you'll see my mobility on display next couple of hours. Absolutely. So we're going to tonight's ball game, fellas. Let's get into some picks quickly. we got two more hours of show going, but uh, for those in Savannah, I'll be getting Georgia pregame here in just a little bit. Picks for – uh, tonight, the rest of you can stay with us uh, on ESPN uh, Coastal in Brunswick and Waycross. Also online at ESPN Coastal on Facebook, or YouTube uh, channel as well. What you got? Uh, I, I'm going with Alabama 34-30, and I think the reason more so than any sort of uh, scheme advantage or any sort of matchup is, Kevin, what you referenced a minute ago. I've seen these two teams play. I've seen it be close, and I've seen Alabama win. And it's kind of like, you know, the Atlanta Braves in the 90s, or it's kind of like Tom Brady, or it's kind of like Alabama. Until I see it go the other way, uh, even if I think there are advantages Georgia can maximize, even if I feel like uh, Georgia feels like they are the best team tonight, I still am going to lean Alabama. So, listen, nothing would surprise me. Georgia is absolutely capable of winning this game. Uh, But I'm going to go Alabama 34, Georgia 30. I think Alabama – and, Ben, you referenced this – Maybe they take the field tonight just kind of feeling like it's another game where there's so much pressure and hype and attention around Georgia. And I don't know directly how that manifests itself, but I think Alabama, this is what we expect them to do. This is where we expect them to be. And I think there's an internal adage there as well. So I'll go Alabama 34-30, but I do expect, Ben, a close competitive game. Yeah, I expect a close competitive game as well. I'm going to go uh, with the Tide as well, 31-28. I do think this Georgia team is built for this moment. Everybody was talking about how better Georgia got since the since the SEC championship game. Well, so did Alabama. Everybody talked about how Georgia has maybe the best team. Well, they had the best team going into the SEC championship game, and I know I know it's about who you play on the day that you play. Alabama seems to have gotten better since that Texas A&M game. Kevin, something we talk about. Auburn almost beat them. LSU almost beat them. Texas A&M did beat them. They've lost one game in, in, in two years. I think for this Alabama team, a guy in Will Anderson who didn't have a good game the last time we saw him against Georgia, he's going to have something to say about that today. But I just think that when you talk – Kevin, something you said Monday, Alabama's changing something different. I mean, Alabama's used to being here. Bryce Young has seen Tua. He has seen Jalen. He has seen Mack. He's trying to add to that legacy. So I do think that Georgia is built to, uh, to take the same field with Alabama and go toe-to-toe with them. But once again, Alabama don't mind having, you know, you know, broke, you know a, a beat-up face and uh, teeth, teeth missing because they care about that to get the win. I think that at the end of the day, Georgia is, is built to throw some punches, but I think Alabama's built to take your best punches, keep moving forward. Give me the tide, 31-28. Teeth missing and uh, hey man, hey, they I, don't smile. Listen, some they don't they don't smile too much. Maybe that's a Nick Saban rule. Who knows? Yeah, probably. You don't smile till it's all over. I don't think Nick Saban ever smiles except for like the two minutes after the national championship game. If he wins it, and then he's right back to the, all right. We got to go to the next thing. But yeah, I, I, BJ, I'm I'm with you. I really feel like this is Georgia's best shot to win it. I really do. They are a good team. Uh, I, I think people will sell Stetson Bennett short a little bit. The only thing going in the other way is I've seen, as you said, this story before. Nick Saban, a great coach, great game planner, uh, and I think he comes up with something just a little bit different and something Brooks talked about. Alabama just makes plays. Whenever they need a play, something happens. And so for that reason, I'm not betting against Nick Saban, and that's it. That's my my only logical conclusion, not betting against Nick Saban. I got Alabama 28, Georgia 21, probably a little lower scoring, a championship game that we've seen in some of the years past, but I got Alabama 28, 
Georgia 21 in a, in a good national championship game. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. Stick with us. Find us on ESPN Coastal on YouTube, our Facebook uh, page as well. We're coming right back, 3 and Out. Thunderbolt got the oyster roast going on uh, here at Coach's Corner as well. So a great time to stop by. Go ahead and get your spot staked out for the national championship game tonight, uh, kicking off at uh, eight o'clock there in uh, frigid uh, Indianapolis. But of course, playing inside uh, the dome there this evening, we got so much to get to here over the next couple of hours uh, here on the show, talking Georgia and Bama. Biggest game, obviously, of the season is the national championship game, final game of the season for uh, college football as well. So we'll get to all that here at Coach's Corner here in hours two and three. But first, let's take three here on three and out. All right, fellas, take one. Most important player, and I'll let you define that. I know BJ's big on definitions of how it – I'll let you define that however you want. Most important player on the field tonight for Georgia is who? I think it's Stetson Bennett. I do, and I don't think he has to have this iconic fantasy football-type game with 400 passing yards and four touchdowns. I'll go back to a phrase I use a lot when I talk about uh, quarterbacks and teams, and that's situational effectiveness. I think one of the areas where Georgia struggled in the SEC championship game was you got into the red zone and you didn't score touchdowns. And I think that's where I'm really looking at Stetson Bennett. What do you do when you're down in the red zone and the difference between a field goal and a touchdown is going to directly impact the momentum and the ebb and flow of the game? Stetson Bennett moved the football macro really effectively against Alabama. He threw for 340 yards uh, against the Crimson Tide in the SEC Championship. That's the highest total of any quarterback this season. And Stetson's had a fantastic year. Again, he has a higher passer rating than Bryce Young. He's fourth in the country in passer rating. But what does he do? And I say this for any quarterback. What do you do when you're in the red zone? Because, Ben, you've said the hardest yards to get are when the defense is backed up and everybody knows what the deal is. Those are the hardest yards to get. So that's where I'm looking. Uh, I think turnovers are going to be key. The last five teams to beat Georgia all recorded multiple interceptions. So I think if you're Stetson Bennett, efficiency in the red zone, and then avoid the key turnover, I think he's absolutely capable. Some may say, I've seen a lot of talk about Brock Bowers, but just to add a quick thought on that, Brock Bowers in the SEC championship game had 10 catches for 139 yards and a touchdown, and you lost by 17. So that's kind of my question about Brock Bowers is the best game you've had, Alabama basically said, okay, you can get yours, that's fine, but nobody else is going to do it. And you held Georgia to what? Uh, uh, what, 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 24 points. So I think it needs to be Stetson Bennett distributing the ball, the full wing, uh, uh, length and width of the field. I will go with the quarterback, Bennett, for the dogs. For me, it's going to be Darion Kendrick. The thing about this Alabama team, BJ, as you always mentioned, I mean, when you think about the fact that, okay, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that sometimes when you think about the Georgia team, we get caught up in the names we used to hear. Darion Kennedy got kicked off the team with Clemson. They brought him in to be able to shut down the best receiver of the opposing team just in case they made it to the national championship. Well, the last time Darion Kendrick went against uh, Williams, it, did, it didn't bode well. Darion, BJ, you mentioned PFF got him rated top five uh, cornerback. I mean, a, a guy like Williams is going to be a guy he's going to see every freaking, every freaking day on Sunday. So for me, I know you guys I know you got Brock. I know you got the Kobe Dean and Jabari Davis. If Darion Kendrick can shut down one side of the field, force uh, Bryce Young to go through his reads, I think that makes uh, this defense way much more dangerous, make this a much better team. Give me Darion Kendrick. 
Yeah, I think it's got to be somebody on that defense. I'm going to say uh, Jordan Davis got to be the disruptor. Then, as, as you said, the lasting image, and it's not the entirety of the game, but sometimes you get caught in a bad moment. The lasting image of Jordan Davis uh, and, and that Alabama game was Heisman Trophy maybe uh, talked about with the way he played. And as you said, on, on one drive, got caught dancing, not getting any push, not really fighting to, to get upfield, just wore out. Uh, and I think he's got to be a difference maker uh, because, Ben, you and I have talked, 6'7", 350 don't come around very often, especially at the at the defensive tackle spot and the guy that can move. He can't afford to be wore out and, and just getting, you know, patty caked at the, at the line of scrimmage where we're just, you know, dancing the tango there. So I think it's got to be uh, Jordan Davis being a disruptor there at the at the, the line of scrimmage, kind of set the tone to let those other guys make plays. Take two. Let's flip the script over to the other side. Who is the most important player on the field tonight? for Alabama. It's it's Jamison Williams, and he proved to be the most important player on the field, I think, in the SEC championship game. Down 10-0. You've got to have a play. It felt like this thing was starting to really turn in Georgia's favor. You didn't do much in the opening period offensively. It's what a simple, basically kind of a slant route where you settled into a zone in the middle of the field. Williams gets it, and then he's off to the races, and then it's a different game. And Jamison Williams finished the SEC championship game with over a uh, uh, what seven receptions, over 180 yards receiving, and two scores. And people know Jamison Williams is great. I don't think they fully appreciate what we've seen here. He's one of just three receivers this millennium with 75 catches, 20 yards perception, and 15 touchdowns in a single season. And he obviously has a chance to add to that tonight. So there have not been many receivers in college football history like Jamison Williams. And, oh, by the way, he's the nation's best return man. Had two returns for a touchdown in the same game earlier this season. So, you've been you mentioned Kendrick. I agree. You've got to, I think, double Williams. Because, remember, there's no John Mechie. And I think without Mechie, that puts extra pressure on Jamison Williams to be the guy. Also keep an eye on him on special teams. But I think it's clearly Williams for Alabama. Alabama is a generational talent. It's the guy, BJ, that you said you felt got uh, disrespected because he wasn't a high trophy finalist. It's Will Anderson. Will Anderson, I mean, BJ, is, is I mean, SEC defensive player again. The last time he went up against uh, Georgia, you didn't hear a lot from him, right? He didn't, and uh, you don't hear the word generational talent get thrown around that much. Will Anderson got to go out there and disrupt the game, definitely in the passing game, because if he's if he's living in the back, if, he, if he's living up to the SEC uh, defensive player of your Monica, one of the best players in the country, he, the reason why he didn't go to Georgia, Georgia said they don't they didn't know how big he was going to get. So he should be playing with disrespect. You telling me I'm not good enough to be on defense when I'm the SEC defensive player again? When you got Nicobe Dean, when you got uh, Jordan Davis, I mean, when you got Trevon Walker, when you got Nolan Smith and those guys, Darion Kendrick. So for me, it has to be Will Anderson. I don't want to hear about how good he is coming into the game. I want to see how good he is when he plays. I'm going to say it's Brandon Robinson. Nobody has run on this Georgia team all season long. Alabama did a little bit with a couple of guys. He's healthy. Brandon Robinson healthy now. If Georgia or if Alabama gets a lead, nobody really this season outside of Alabama, and, and again, they did it different ways, but nobody has had Georgia late in the game where it's like, hey, we're going to run the football and you're going to, you're just not going to stop it. Georgia stopped everybody. And I think if, if Brandon Robinson can have one of those games where in the, in the fourth quarter uh, he's starting to lean on Georgia uh, and really force him to come down and get physical, I, again, I, I think that's something nobody has done uh, to Georgia all year long and how, how, Capable are they of standing up uh, defensively when a team might be lining up saying, hey, we're going to line up and try to smack you to run the clock out potentially. Again, nobody's been able to do it. I think he could be a big reason if Alabama's able to do it. I think he and obviously Bryce Young, who can totally screw up your game plan, uh, will be the biggest factors there for 
uh, for uh, for Alabama. So I think those are the, uh, the, the, the the important guys for Georgia and uh, and Alabama. All right, fellas, take three here. I'm just going to go off top of that because we've had like six people come up to us and ask this uh, here at Coach's Corner today and uh, other areas. Monday night national championship game, it's college football. Do you like the Monday night national championship game? And I know they shot down the expansion today uh, with the, the playoff game, but should we have this thing on a Saturday night where it's typical rah-rah college football? Of course, yes, yes, great question. And it's 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 obvious for a number of reasons, okay? First and foremost, uh, large swaths of the South were doing no work today, okay? Because I know it's a Monday or, you know, it's a work day, but everybody's, everybody's getting ready for the championship game. I mean, I've seen countless tweets saying, yeah, everybody in my office was just kind of looking around, and then somebody finally asked a football question, and then for the last five hours we've been previewing the game. Now, thankfully, that's what yeah, we get that's right. paid to do. So this has been, you know, a Monday that falls in line. But I think for a lot of people it's – Man, this should be a day where you're getting to spend time with friends and family and maybe, you know, get together and, and tailgate and have a good time. And then on the flip side, you have to stay up until I mean this thing's not gonna be over till midnight. And if it comes down to the to the bitter end, it may not be over till twelve thirty, close to one. Then you're talking about if your team wins, well you wanna watch the post game press conference <laughs> and you wanna call buddies and you wanna you know, go on social media. So you're saying so, if Georgia wins, yeah. it could be a lightly attended work well, day tomorrow. I mean, Cam's nodding. He's saying, listen, we'll be up late. We're going to win this thing. I'm a, so you have to get up and go to work the next morning? I mean, come on. What kind Not of, Everybody will yeah. have a uh, – I'm sorry. I can't. I just, yeah, I just – people should be able to celebrate this, enjoy this. College football is all about Saturdays. Anyway, I know you have the NFL, but come on, man. The NFL is the NFL. You're not going to take away from the National Football League. I think you were talking to somebody earlier in the day, Kevin, where you said, yeah, play the NFL games at 12, 3, 5, whatever, and then play the National Championship game at 1 and 8 o'clock. Yeah, or, or, or do whatever you have to do. This should be on the weekend so that people can fully appreciate it. Stay up and watch it. I mean, I, there are a lot of people. I heard my dad talking about it today. We, we, we had lunch with my dad today. Vinny was saying, look, love the game. Excited about the game. But at some point, I got to go to bed. And <laughs> and if it's on a Saturday night, it's a little bit different. So, yes, you were 100% right, Kevin. This game should not be on a Monday. It should be on a, be on a Saturday. It's, it's, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the sport of our college football. It's disrespectful to the fact that, look, if, if Georgia or Alabama wins the national championship, I mean, this is a school night. This is a school not just if you're in grade school, but yeah. if you are in college. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, if it's a place like Indianapolis, there ain't a person from Alabama or Georgia that's ever been anywhere near no Indianapolis. They up there right now trying to enjoy themselves. But I will say, <laughs> college football means more to sports than just college. College football is a part of the fabric of sports. You mean to tell me, I mean, there's a reason why if college football is played. This is how it goes. What I think, I think uh, middle school plays on Thursday, high school plays on Friday. College plays on Saturday. NFL play on Sunday. You need days to recover. If I'm in middle school, Kevin, if I lose on Thursday, I don't got but one more day to deal with till the weekend comes. If I'm in, <laughs> if I'm in high school and I lose, I got two days to get over to come back money and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, stop thinking this is just about Georgia and Alabama. This is about people who love college football. This is about the people who heard about the big bad SEC and Alabama and Georgia. And when you do it Monday night, nowhere ever in college football if somebody said in the championship game win Monday night. What? Monday night, I mean, you know, maybe a Thursday night, definitely maybe a Friday night, a Monday night, and just a random Monday night. And you're right about the kids, too. I mean, you got school in the morning. Look, 
I think you got to scrap that. I think I just well well my well my well my kids gonna stay up anyway. I mean I mean I know I mean because they got cell phones. They I said turn them lights off. We that we got uh you know light from the phone. But anyway, I just think that when you think about college football and what and what it means to people, you don't do something like tonight. I guarantee. Now I will say this though. This is what scares me though. If Alabama and Georgia can't switch. If Alabama, Georgia, and the championships on Monday night, what? Are they going to just let's do it on the Tuesday? No, you don't play championship games during the week. No, you don't do that. People need a full week to get their minds ready, not coming off a weekend to where their team, you know, beat a team like, I don't know, like if the Jags beat the Colts and the Colts don't make it to the playoffs and then the Jags and the Colts both going to be picking, you know, in the top 15 or if a team like the Titans are the best team in the AFC with the where are you going with this? Don't the playoffs I'm normally determine like who the best team is? <laughs> I just thought I'd... No, the playoffs the playoff determine teams that were good enough in the regular season to make it. I'm just saying, no. All jokes aside, you don't play it on the Monday, man. That's ridiculous. Come on, come on, uh, come on, college football playoff committee. Y'all got to be better than me. Yeah, I know everybody wants the, uh, the the spotlight, but I mean, we make schedules all the time on Saturday to give teams uh, the spotlight, and I think college football it's a saturday sport even with thursday night football it's a saturday sport built on you wake up you get all day in some cases to 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 start getting ready for the football game it's a it's a a family it's a friend's atmosphere and again we kind of did a a random panel everybody's like well i might uh, hang out with some folks here until about halftime then i'm going to go back to uh go back to the house and uh and, and, and maybe relax because, as you said, we did at some point. You got to rest and uh, get up and go. Next, although if Georgia fans win for the first time in 40 years, they ain't working on Tuesday. That's all I'm going to say. There's the work is canceled on Tuesday uh, if if Georgia wins that, uh, that that game tonight. We got more to come here. That's take three. We do it every day at this time. It's three and out coming to you live from Coach's Corner. Come see us. We've got copies of Ben's book uh, to give away as well. They got the oyster roast uh, going on out uh, out back. You can take part uh, in that as we count you down to Georgia and Bam. That's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. I'm there as well as we talk national championship here from Coach's Quarter. Not a bad seat in the house. We already got folks making their spots known here, uh, BJ and Ben, about where they're, they're going to get their best spot here for Georgia Bama tonight. Oyster roast going on uh, out back, so no better place to be than Coach's Corner uh, for the national championship game tonight. But you got quarterbacks in the spotlight all night. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Stetson Bennett. Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner. Both can do different things. Who blinks first? And, and, and we, we talked about guys that can do a number of different things. I think we, we saw Bryce Young in the SEC Championship. He can, he can change your, your game plan, right? I mean, Ben, how do you prepare for a QB scramble and then he just flips it out uh, to the side? A guy that can look pass, 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 and then tuck it and run it. That kind of throws your game plan away uh, sometimes when he's able to create something when you have it defended perfectly. So you look at the quarterback situation, Stetson Bennett has proven to be a guy that can roll the pocket, extend plays, and still uh, make big plays for you. Talk about that quarterback matchup tonight. It could be who simply blinks first at the quarterback spot. I think the thing about uh, Bryce Young that makes him so scary is, is his ability to improvise. When you look at the last time he played against his defense, there are certain plays that he had to make. Sometimes the blitz did get there. He was able to come out of that. I mean, I keep going back to the to the big third down uh, scramble that he had to get the first down and to then lose the football and then to get it back. The thing about uh, Stetson Bennett, BJ, something that's not talked about enough, he has the ability to use his legs as well. I think the difference is one guy has been given the green light to just go out there and be himself. The other guy, he's afraid that anything I do outside of the confines to the offense, it's going to be looked at as a bad thing. So if you just tell Stetson, hey, man, you got us here. We, tr- we there, Listen, there's a, there's one thing to say 
Bryce Young, he has the complete trust of Nick Saban. Kirby Smart trusts Stetson Bennett because he has to. Fully trust Stetson Bennett. Let him go out there, you know, uh, and make some plays with his feet and utilize his arm. And with Bryce Young, I mean, I know I know in the paper, I mean, I read some uh, headlines that say uh, this Georgia defense, BJ, got to get ready for that Bryce Young. Houdini, he do have that. Now you see me, now you don't. But him and, him and uh, Brian Robinson, they've got something going. They don't run the option at Alabama. But I think Bryce Young did his best impression last time they played. One guy has the full nuance of the offense and the trust, while the other guy, they still can't get over the fact that it's it's Stetson Bennett. Let Stetson go out there and get it done. Yeah, and I think for Bryce Young, this is an interesting bounce-back game of sorts because, look, Alabama was never in danger of losing against Cincinnati. You still had three touchdown passes. But from the relative perspective of evaluating Bryce Young, he wasn't great in the Cotton Bowl. Averaged about six and a half yards per pass attempt. That is well off his season average of over nine. Uh, Had 181 passing yards. That is by far his season low. Now, Kevin, as you mentioned, some of that was because Brian Robinson emerged as the go-to guy. But I think you will see Alabama and Bill O'Brien try to establish Bryce Young to Jamison Williams early. And you didn't necessarily need it against Cincinnati, but you didn't have that aggressive downfield attacking, let's lean on Bryce Young type game plan in Dallas. You, you, you relied on your line of scrimmage. You lined up, you, run the, you, you ran the football well. And then when you were in the red zone, you had a couple of short touchdown passes. I think they go to Bryce Young early. I think it's wide open. I think it's tempo-based. I think they really try to attack Georgia, bring it to Georgia, and maybe recreate some of that energy you had in the SEC championship game where you threw for 421 yards and three touchdowns and averaged almost 10 yards per passing attempt. But I think we're going to see something closer to that Bryce Young than what we saw in the semifinal because, Kevin, look at what this guy did coming down the stretch of the season. Five touchdown passes against New Mexico State. I know it's New Mexico State, but you were 21 of 23. That's 92% passing. Then you had the game against Arkansas. And history's kind of forgotten this game, but think think about what Bryce Young did here. You threw for 559 yards and five touchdowns with no turnovers. Then you had the 421 yards against Georgia. So to me, and and that's not a guarantee that you win. But I think you're going to see Alabama try to recreate more of that production than kind of the let's lean on the offensive line and the run game effort that you saw against Cincinnati. I think Young and Bennett are both directly in the spotlight tonight. At the end of the day, there is something about being able to have the full trust of your of your head coach, your offensive coordinator, because you can play loose. Bryce Young, the one thing, BJ, we're not talking about, he's the only person that, came, that went up against the Georgia defense and said, look, man, I – I respect those guys. I respect Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean and Trayvon Walker and Darion Kendrick and Nolan Smith. And it's and I and I and I'm never gonna say anything disrespectful, but he built confidence against them. Because think about this coming into this game, Bryce Young was playing well, but LSU didn't give him no confidence. Auburn didn't give him no confidence. And then he had to get ready to come up against a Georgia defense that wasn't giving anybody anything mm-hmm. all year long. So he's, he built confidence in this game to say, hey, man, I can go out there. And it's almost like he plays according to the competition. Alabama, Alabama, I mean, Georgia's defense is about as good as you can see. But I will say, Stetson Bennett, if they just say, hey, Stetson, here go the keys. 
get us there. We trust whatever you do. I think that gives Georgia the uh, the competitive advantage because if I'm going into a game, but I know that I can, it's not it's not that how I play. If I know I can make mistakes and I still got your confidence, I play better. But if I'm if I'm thinking about mistakes, that takes away what I can do. But I think I think uh, this quarterback battle is going to be one for the ages. But even though you got two different times of quarterback uh, playing the quarterback position, yes. And Kevin, I do think if you're Stetson Bennett, you need to make a concerted effort to get the the ball to Jermaine Burton because big plays win big games, right? You need the highlight reel momentum home run plays. And Brock Bowers has been a revelation. I mean, this guy's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. His numbers are ridiculous. But I think you need that complimentary production on the perimeter. And and I think for stretches of Georgia's season, you haven't always had that. We'll see what George Pickens can do tonight. Of course, Lab McConkey's been a consistent producer, but Jermaine Burton. 19.5 yards per catch. He is the field stretcher for this team. Bowers for a tight end, certainly. But I think 19, close to 20 yards per catch. I think you need one or two of those home run plays. And what you had the 50-yard touchdown in the Orange Bowl from Bennett to Burton. I think you need to see Stetson get the ball to Jermaine Burton tonight. And again, two differing kind of quarterbacks here. Obviously, everybody's saying Stetson don't make the mistake. I mean, and it, it's not as though Bryce Young is above reproach uh, in terms of making a mistake. It is, but, the cotton ball. Yeah, it's, it's, it's possible uh, for him to make mistakes, too. So it could be a, simply a matter of who blinks first at, at quarterback. I think you feel like Alabama, uh, obviously, we've talked about it. They don't make a whole lot of mistakes, especially in big games, and they bounce back from them uh, when they do. Uh, but to me, which quarterback blinks first? If Stetson Bennett gets out rolling, BJ gets that momentum uh, going. Certainly, he's going to play with a lot more confidence. And, and again, it seems like every time uh, he makes a mistake, you get the fan base go up, oh, up. Oh, there it is. It seems like every always waiting for the other shoe uh, to drop there with Stetson. But uh, it could just be a matter of which quarterback makes that key mistake at the wrong time. Well, and Ben, you said something earlier that I want to touch on because I, I think it's right. Man, let Stetson go. Uh, if if you're going to go out and your game plan is to try to let him manage, and I hear people say that, right? Stetson Bennett's a game manager. I, I don't get that sense. Uh, you're talking about a guy that finished his career as one of the top ten all-time leading passers in Georgia high school history. I don't know that there have been many games in Stetson Bennett's career where his job has been go out there, just don't turn the ball over, and kind of keep us in it. Now, of course, Georgia's got a great defense. You're going to win games that way. But Stetson Bennett is not a guy that I, I don't think in terms of when he's necessarily at his best, it's just go out there and don't mess it up. He just, he just completed 20 of 30 passes for 313 yards and three touchdowns in the Orange Bowl. The, the, the game before that, he went for 340 with three touchdowns against Alabama. The game before that, he threw four touchdown passes against Georgia Tech. His first start this year, he threw five touchdown passes and a half against UAB. Uh, maybe the maybe the maybe the second best team Georgia played during the regular season, Kentucky after Clemson. Stetson threw three touchdown passes and averaged 13 yards per pass attempt. I think if you're asking Stetson to dink and dunk and kind of be careful and get rid of it, that's not what Stetson Bennett does. This guy throws the ball. This guy spreads the field. And Georgia's always going to base what it does off of physical play at the line of scrimmage, play action, and a north-south running game. I'm not saying ignore that. But I think this idea that Stetson Bennett is out there and he's looking for a quick three-yard out or a quick you know, one-step slant, that's not Stetson Bennett. That's not what he's been this year. Uh, he has one less, one fewer pass of 70 yards than Bryce Young does this year. So for people who go Stetson Bennett doesn't push the ball downfield, the stats don't reflect that. That's something people make up in their mind. If, if Stetson Bennett's your guy and he's earned that right, let him go out and do it. Let him go out and throw the rock. He's earned that. 
I think I think people uh, look at certain things as a slight. It's not a slight. Every quarterback is a game manager. Every last one of them. Some of them just manage the game better than others. Who would you rather have a quarterback managing your game? You rather have Bo Nix or Stetson? I'd rather have Stetson. Everybody not named Alabama, he managed the game better than the other quarterback because he came out victorious. It's how you man- – quarterbacks is just another name of point guard, playmakers. I help the guys around me I because I touch the ball every single play. If it's a run game with a bad look, I go to a pass. If it's a pass with a bad look, I go to a run. Whenever whenever my offensive line doesn't, doesn't block it up, I got to be able to improvise. That's what Stetson does. The problem is it, it comes once again, BJ, 70-yard passes, not only, not only do they not happen that often, most of the time they shouldn't even be attempted. And they aren't 70-yard passes. It was called for 30 and ran for 40, but it would end up being a 70-yard catch and run. I get it, but I just think that sometimes when it comes to Stetson Bennett, we can't get past how he got here and what he did when he got here. People can't. Was anybody and, saying that about Baker Mayfield? No, 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 BJ. Because that, because at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you just don't fit the narrative, right? Sometimes people get saying, "Hey, man, how did Stetson get in here? He beat everybody." Yeah, but he's back again. Think about this: most players, myself included, won't even sniff a national championship. I've seen a bunch of them. Stetson Bennett said, look, man, I was I was on campus as a walk-on, so I'm paying to go to class, and I'm showing up on time for lifting. And then I left. Guess what? Kirby called me. Think about that. And if he didn't call him, where would Georgia be? It would be either so or anybody could have did this. Well, anybody didn't do it. Stetson did it. And I think that's disrespectful because the guy that you wanted is watching the guy who you called. So I, we'll see what happens, BJ. I just think that Stetson Bennett is one of those guys to where, when, listen, there is nothing wrong with playing with a chip on your shoulder. I think that Stetson is playing with a boulder on their shoulder. And if Stetson go out there and get it done, but those people who think it can't happen, Eli Manning beat, uh, Eli Manning, he beat, uh, he beat uh, Tom Brady twice, and Nick Foles got a statue in Philadelphia. All I'm telling you is, for one night, Anything can happen. That's why we're going. That's why we're looking forward to it. Come eight o'clock. Yeah, we've got more to come here on three and out. It's going to be a nice quarterback matchup, a nice dichotomy of styles there. But man, this could be a a man's game on the line of scrimmage tonight for both of these teams. A lot of NFL talent on both sides of the line of scrimmage for both of these teams. We'll break that down when we come back. We're live here at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Love for you coming out here and see us. Grab a spot for tonight's big championship game. Got the oyster roast, of course, great food. All the time here at Coach's Corner. It's three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. Also on our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube page, you can catch us streaming live here at Coach's Corner as well. Ben's book, Uncommon and Unfinished, uh, coming up. Uh, you can come out here and see us, uh, get uh, a copy of that. Also, National Championship game right here at Coach's Corner. No better spot to be uh, than right here at Coach's Corner. they got the oyster roast going uh, out back. You've got great food. Not a bad spot here at all at Coach's Corner to watch that game tonight. And you want to talk about battles, uh, BJ and uh, and, uh, and Ben? It is, uh, you, you talk about man's game uh, certain times. Uh, ben, what are those guys talking about in the Georgia locker room, in the Alabama locker room, uh, those guys who are going to, make hay tonight putting their hand in the turf uh, for both of these teams offensively and defensively uh, with just NFL prospects on both sides of the line of scrimmage pretty much straight across uh, for both of these teams. They call it if you scared, say you scared football. All that cute stuff on the outside, you know, you can throw it away when you talk about the trenches. BJ, we keep talking about what happened the last game. You know what we're really saying is Jordan Davis looked normal. We hadn't seen it all year, right? Think about a few Alabama's offensive line. All you've seen is here is Big Bad Georgia. Big Bad Georgia, like, wait a minute, I go to Alabama? It's not like I don't have to deal with players, you know, uh, week in and week out, game in and game out. But it, every game is won and lost. Like, we, 
we get we get we get uh, we get caught up in uh, what what's what's happening outside in the trenches. The reason why Bryce Young had the game he had the last time, even though I don't want to dwell on it, was dude, they weren't getting there. We talk, we talk, listen, Trayvon Walker has made himself a lot of money this postseason. He ain't do it against he ain't do it against Alabama. Jordan Davis got first team All American. It wasn't because of when he played against Alabama and the Kobe Dean hit everything that moves. I just think that when we get the when we get when we break down this game, you know, come tomorrow, what happens? Well, it's gonna start tonight. It's not gonna end tonight. It's gonna end in the morning. So in the morning, when this game is over, we're gonna go back and say who won those individual battles. Who won? I mean, that guard and that son that's got to deal with Jordan Davis. I mean, and then when you look at the other side, when you when you look at uh, you know uh, Alabama's uh, defense, Will Anderson. I mean, can he go out there and prove he is a generational talent? Football is always going to be won and lost right there in the trenches. I know we make it about what the quarterbacks do, what the running backs do, what the tight ends and receivers do. The only reason why they can go out there and do what we've done, and I say we because I benefited from them, when we got an offensive line that can hold up. Because offensive line job is to keep that quarterback clean, right, make sure they reestablish and reinforce, you know, uh, enforce their will in the run game. And, 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 and I've heard the offensive linemen say it don't matter who it is. I don't care who he is in front of me. We we gotta we gotta get it done. Cause BJ, think about this. We talked. Me and Kevin talked about this in the beginning of the week or beginning of last week. If I know we're talking about Bryce Young and his legacy, think about the offensive line legacy at Alabama. Think about the defensive line legacy at Georgia. You living up to that too? Cause I'm watching my position first and the other position second. But I do think it's gonna come down to the battle of the trenches. And once again, that builds confidence if you Alabama because Bryce Young can improvise and he's getting. Blocked up, but if you if you if you stay submitted, if those Warren McClendon, those guys got to go out there and get it done, because the last thing you want to do is let Will Anderson disrupt this entire football game. Yeah, I I, I love this matchup at the line of scrimmage. It's an all time matchup both ways. Uh, again, to go back to what happened in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, Alabama's much maligned offensive line had by far its best game of the year. Said this earlier, but it was the first time in 31 games Georgia had been held without a sack, and that's why Bryce Young was able to do what he was able to do. Now, you look at the other side, uh, Georgia's offensive line has been awesome. You talk about a unit that has not gotten enough credit for what it's done this year. Georgia right now has allowed 11 sacks in 14 games. Uh, The only team allowing fewer sacks per game than Georgia in the country is Army. And remember, going back to the beginning of this season. And they don't throw the ball. Yeah, they throw like like seven (laughs) times a month. So, and, and going back to the start of the season, a lot of people said, well, I have some questions relatively about this offensive front. This offensive front has dominated, and they have been awesome in pass protection. You had the Michigan star edge rushers. Nope, not doing it in the Orange Bowl. You had, you, you had Warren McClendon, and you had uh, Jamari Sawyer just dominate. And I think for as much as we focus on what can Alabama's offensive line do against the Georgia front, I think that reverse matchup is equally as important because Georgia right now, second in the nation with just 11 sacks allowed, and Alabama is third in the nation with 52 sacks and second in the nation, I'm bringing up the stats here, with 114 tackles for loss. So this game's going to be won or lost at the line of scrimmage. Listen, Bryce Young, can't wait to see him. Stetson Bennett, can't wait to see him. The matchup of Jamison Williams against Darion Kendrick. Uh, uh, Brian Robinson and Kobe Dean. Look, there are great matchups all over the field. How in, the, I mean, how in God's name do you cover Brock Bowers? I mean, this is going to be a game of matchups. But it all starts at the line of scrimmage. Georgia's offensive line is elite. Alabama's defensive front is elite. We have never seen in the modern era of college football since stats and tackles for loss 
were counted as official statistics, we have never seen anything like what's happening with Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. And, Ben, you mentioned it. This is how good he's been. He had a sack and two tackles for loss in the SEC championship game, but because we're so used to him having four tackles mm-hmm. for loss, people are like, yeah, he didn't do much. I mean, that's how good you are. You have a sack and two tackles for loss, and everybody goes, yeah, Will Anderson didn't really do much. Nolan Smith. I mean, you're talking about Channing Tindall, N'Kobe Dean, Trevon Walker. This game is going to be won by the defensive linemen, by the linebackers, by the offensive linemen, and skill players, awesome. Quarterbacks, tremendous stories. Keep an eye on what happens up front, Ben, because that is where this game is going to be won by somebody right at the line of scrimmage. Man, bring your crew with you. You know, and the thing about it is, BJ, I mean, when you talk about when you talk about the cast of characters uh, on that Georgia defensive line, pick your poison. Right. I mean, I mean, when you think about Jordan Davis, when you think about Nicole Dean and Walker and Smith, and I just think that sometimes well, I Nolan Smith tonight. And, I, and, and you know what? And I know I know I picked, you know, uh, Darion Kendrick as my guy, you know, as my guy to watch or the most important player, uh, you know, for Georgia. Number two might be Nolan Smith. And this is why Nolan Swift is going to get single cup. He's, he's going to get one on one. Right. And, and BJ, going back, what, three years ago now, it's already been three years, number one player in the country. And, I, and, and the thing about it, and the thing about it is, is I mean, this is when stars are made, right? Yeah, you, yeah you've done some things in the regular season when certain people are watching. What happens when everybody's watching? Alabama's saying to themselves, listen, man, we need to repeat what we did a month ago. If you Georgia's defensive line, you say, hey, man, what's the purpose of having all these awards and we can't do it against a team we was built for? Because that's what it comes down to. In the trenches, I'm built for certain stuff. I don't think nobody on Alabama offensive line meets the same talent threshold as a Jordan Davis, but Jordan Davis was a non-factor the last time they played. Kobe Dean, yes, he's the man in the run game, but BJ, as you mentioned, he's going up against a Brian Robinson that was not 100%. I just think that when we, we get so caught up in these uh, matches on the outside, I do think it's going to come down to the trenches. And at the end of the day, we talk about all these uh, all these passing yards. If Alabama can establish the run, yeah, how much more dangerous does that make them? Because now you got play action pass. Now you got them linebackers stepping up. But yes, when someone's talking about those skill position guys, and obviously I'm, you know, uh, I'm very biased to the skill position guys. Being a position I played back in the day, but I know it always comes. If if Brock Biles, BJ, and all these guys put up these big numbers, Kevin, it's because they playing seven on seven back there. And if Bryce Young can play seven on seven, I don't care if you got Deion Sanders back there. They ain't built to hold up for five and six seconds. That's gonna that's gonna bode well for the Crimson Tide. But if Cesar Bennett can have a clean pocket and Will Anderson, BJ, could be a non-factor, and even if it ain't Brock Bowers, even if it ain't you know a Kieran Jackson or a Burton. Maybe it's a James Cook. So, yeah, so much talk about the outside, but it's going to come down to the big uglies in the middle. And whoever can play an uglier game and force the other team to get out of their rhythm got a better shot to win it. Yeah, again, I, I love games in the trenches. I know, Ben, you weren't necessarily a fan of putting your hand in the dirt. You said, I will I will bend over, then I will get out of the way. Hey, man, I, listen, listen, I did, I, did, I did my part. Go go, go to the South Carolina tape my senior year. You know, watch me do the one. Oh, BJ and I can go to the tape. Yeah, you to go to the tape? No, no, I, I don't know. I, no, we got I, some tape. I'm telling you the tape to go to. I didn't say go to Kentucky. Right, because I was getting game plan. I was, I was yeah. SEC, I was SEC uh, special team player uh, of the week coming to the game. Mm-hmm. But you know, but I'm sorry, Derek Adams, one of the all time greats. No, but I will say this, I will say this. Nothing is greater from the tight end position than making sure you know, because I love my running backs too. I mean, we had we listen. We had old theatric phase on. On y'all heard what I told him in the halftime against Arkansas. <laughs> I said run behind you. But cut the thing about it is, is that I said listen, run behind you, boy. We take it. I said I didn't say run behind you, boy. But I, but I, but I, but I, but I, but I will say this, BJ. What makes the game easier? Yeah. Brock Bowers or, or tight end trying to catch a pass, break tackles, you know, and uh, and score points, 
or me or me blocking my man and letting Cook and letting Zamir White and letting Brian Robinson those guys go out there and do what they do. So it's go it's it's a battle of the minds. It ain't it ain't it ain't for the week, yeah. Kevin. When you put your hand on the ground, I, I do remember BJ a certain former tight end saying, "Quote: Whenever I had to go on the line, I was always saying." Who's going to give me some help over here? Oh, listen, listen, so I just, on, I'll, I'll work the double listen, team listen, and I'll chip. But I need the chip guy, chocolate chips, man. I want the chips and dip. But at the end, but at the end of the day, I, I I just think that you know being a former tight end, and as much as you want to get out there and make plays and have everybody call your name, when the coach said when nobody knew you was on the field but we won, you did your job. Because I think sometimes, you know, BJ and Kevin, it comes, oh, I want to get my name called. I know I got blown up against Kentucky. I know I got, I know I got, I know <laughs> all, I got, I know I got, all, I know I got my head rocked. told me, hey, hey, when I was in Tennessee, Ben Hall, he was blocking. Ben Hartsock, he was blocking. Uh, uh, Aaron Kenny, he was blocking. Bo Scaife, he was blocking. Listen, the great you, LL, the great you were doing LL, some catching. The great LL Cool J said it best on any given Sunday. How much you paying that three hundred pound blocker? Let him block. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I, that, that ain't what I excelled. I never ever said I was. I never ever said I excelled in any one thing. I just knew what my job was, BJ. And that's and in the trenches, right? He's standing right there in front of you. Just imagine you got a fighter, dude, seventy times. Play in and play out. I got the best of him, and he's getting up. He got the best of me, and he's getting up. And, and we're going to punch each other in the mouth. BJ, I know, listen, BJ, I know you don't want nobody to punch you in the face, but sometimes that's what it comes down to. <laughs> well, save the face punching for, for later. We're here at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in the Thunderbolt. Come see us. We count you down towards the National Championship game, Georgia and Alabama. This is 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. For tonight's uh, championship game between Bama and Georgia is going to be a great one. Obviously, uh, BJ and Ben, it's understating it, I think, when we've asked people what a win for Georgia would mean. I don't know if there's a program in the country, yeah. maybe Michigan, but I don't even know if Michigan has won one since then. I don't know if there's a program in the country that talks more about the last time they won a national championship than Georgia, and they would like nothing else, obviously, better than to end that drought. You're playing for a generation. I mean, you're playing for history. You're playing for, uh, you know, a large percentage of your fans who have never seen a national championship. You've seen the dogs be close, as close as you could possibly be. Sure. A couple of years ago in Atlanta. But this is this is a legacy game. This is a, this is a tradition game. This is a history game. And, Ben, I think what this would mean to so many people is just indescribable. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, Kevin and BJ, sometimes, I mean, we, it, it, it always comes from a person you didn't see it coming with. It, it don't got to be, uh, you know, this big-time, uh, big-arm quarterback. I do think Stetson Bennett does have all these things, but I say Stetson Bennett says something that I think has a lot to do. He said this is a dream come true. He grew up a Georgia Bulldog fan. He always wanted to be the starting quarterback, saying, hey, man, I'm going to lead them back to the promised land. And I just think that sometimes people, you know, you go out there and watch this man go out there and get it done. Stetson? Go ahead and handle your business tonight, young man. We've got another hour to go here, counting it down towards the national championship game. Coming out to Coach's Corner and join us for three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Finally going to get the rematch uh, here tonight. And, uh, again, legacy game. We've talked a number uh, about that with what's on the line, not just for – uh, you know, Kirby Smart and Georgia, but uh, individual guys out there in the storybook uh, a script that's being written right now for, for Stetson Bennett. And I know sometimes you can say, oh, that's getting played up, but it really is. You've not seen a story uh, like that 
anytime I would say BJ, the closest thing you've probably seen is Baker Mayfield. The only difference here is Baker Mayfield going into his final season was a preseason Heisman Trophy favorite. He was on a team that people expected to be in the playoffs. A lot of people said maybe not the number one guy, but he was going to be a top five to ten pick in the draft. He was a former walk-on, got into the college football playoff, did great things. Here you have a guy who's a former walk-on, actually left the program and came back, was not even the starter preseason, right? It was not the starter game one for, for Georgia. Came in, uh, despite all that, uh, was put back, was, was on scholarship, obviously a big reason he came back, and now has you know, crafted Georgia to the national championship game. So you're talking about a player who could potentially win a national championship at a school that's gone through a significant dry spell in terms of championships 40-plus years. As a former walk-on, not even named the starter preseason, and could bump off the big bad wolf on the block in Alabama to win a national championship. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that if I were to go in and pitch you on this story, you'd be like, okay, you're kind of overselling it a little bit, right? I mean, you would say they'd be like, all right, okay, we get into the underdog story, but you're putting a little too much on there. But we literally haven't seen a guy in his position put in this position where you could win the ultimate prize in college football. Well, and uh, DJ Shockley said last week on the show, he said if if Georgia wins and you know Stetson does his thing, get ready for the thirty for thirty because well, because it's coming and and rightfully so. And I, you know Stetson Bennett is an incredible story. That's that that's part of the profile. He's also an incredible player. And I, I, I you know a lot of people have said, oh man, everybody's talking about Stetson Bennett this week. I don't know that we're talking about Stetson Bennett enough. Uh, in terms of what he's done, and I keep going back to this, and I understand it's a frame of reference thing. I understand it's just a statistical context, but for context, Stetson Bennett, and I'll keep repeating it, is fourth in the nation in passer rating. That's the you know the tally that that, that takes everything into account: touchdowns, interceptions, uh, yards per attempt, completion percentage. He has a higher passer rating than Bryce Young. He has a higher passer rating than Caleb Williams. He has a fairly significantly higher passer rating than Kenny Pickett. I mean, you're talking about a guy who statistically has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And and I know, you know, some people will say, yeah, well, look at who he did it against. And my answer to that is, yeah, look at who he did it against. Uh, you saw him play really well against Kentucky. That was a top 15 matchup. You saw him go on the road against Tennessee when here come the Vols. They're back. Uh, nope, not with Stetson Bennett there. Uh, you saw him against Michigan. A fame defense, that defensive line. Stetson Bennett was great. Had one of the great Orange Bowl games we've seen. So this guy has 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 been there. He's stepped into the spotlight. He's embraced it. He's played with a chip on his shoulder, and he hasn't he hasn't gotten the credit he's deserved. And I don't just mean that you know regionally in terms of SEC fans or Georgia fans, but but nationally, it's like the story's been, oh wow, look here's Stetson Bennett. He's trying his best. Oh look, yeah, no. This guy's a great college football quarterback. The numbers back that up. The wins back that up. And he's earned where he is. He has earned the right to lead a team into the national championship game, which is what he's done. And I also want to say this. If he maybe doesn't play great tonight and Georgia loses, it's still been an incredible season. It's still been a season where you made it to the national championship game and you were one of the most proficient players in the country. So we'll see. Yes, if Georgia wins tonight, Stetson Bennett is an all-time legend. He's, you know, he's, he's Buck Blue. I mean, that's who we all talk about, right? But even if he loses, what has happened this season has been, like you said, a guy that was undersized, under-recruited, 
didn't get the scholarship offer out of high school despite one of the great careers we've ever seen. I mean, folks in Blackshire know that. We're way across uh, Pierce County area. I mean, one of the great careers we've ever seen. And then, you know, gets the call, Ben, to come back and, and answers every call, answers every question. Is right there for Georgia. Ben, you've asked this question a number of times throughout the season. Where would Georgia be without Stetson Bennett? Not just this year. What about last year? So this guy's been there for the program he loves. Uh, he's he he he's he's done it, you know, without getting the credit. He's done it, getting probably too much of the criticism from time to time. And he's still there. He's still there doing it. And I think Stetson's a competitor. I don't think he's worried about all that stuff. End of the day, I think he wants to go out there and ball, and he has. But this guy's been one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Don't give him anything less than that. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in college football this year. Will he win a championship tonight? I don't know. Will he beat Alabama tonight? I don't know. We'll see, but he has put himself in position to have that opportunity. He's one of the ones, and people don't like that. When you hear, you hear that term, he's one of them ones. For everybody that have a problem with Stetson Bennett, what did David Green do? What about Aaron Murray? What about DJ Shockley? What about Matthew Stafford? What about Quincy Carter? Great quarterbacks right in the pantheon of Georgia. They didn't make it to the big one. I, when people get to talking about uh, like this notion of, oh, was he an All-American? Was he an All-SEC? No, he was one of the last team standing. That is the goal. Me and BJ got into it one time. <laughs> just gonna, once? No, 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 just this one time. Because <laughs> we were trying to decide what a great season was. And BJ heard me say something. Okay, like, I didn't know where you were going. No, with no, no. That. Well, <laughs> BJ, I'm not going to. No, no, no. We, we were trying to decide what a great season was. And I said, a great season when you're the last team standing. Doesn't mean you didn't have great moments. Doesn't mean you have a lot of great wins. But what are we judging greatness on? Are we judging greatness on how you ended up as a player when you look at the when you look at the totality of a career? Are we saying, hey man, what happened when you were that guy? Man, we went all the way to the national championship. And and think about this. Somebody's but and even if you lose, well, I lost to the winner of the national championship, but I was there. Stetson Bennett is doing something not many teams or quarterbacks are gonna do, period. Not just at Georgia. How many teams get to I played with Rex Grossman, Chris Leak. Chris Lee won a natty when I left. He didn't, he didn't go to one when I was there. That stuff is precious. And I think too often at times, the disrespect that Stetson Bennett gets is because of genetics. I'm going to say this, and people can get mad. If your mama 5'5", five five, and your daddy 5'6", and you 6'5", that ain't your daddy. I'm just telling you <laughs> right now. No, 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 no. No, 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 BJ. The reason, because I mean, BJ, no, no, okay. no, 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 BJ. Because we're talking about genetics, aren't we? We're talking about something he cannot. <laughs> Somebody Kevin some water. Just hold on for a second. No, that's talking, good. We are talking about something that, that he cannot control. Kevin, the first time you seen Stetson Bennett at, at a camp, you was like, that's him? But they, but somebody go, what? wait till he throw that ball. Same thing they're saying now. When he's running out, like, that's him? But, but at the end of the day, no, he is that guy. He wanted them ones because he was the number one team in the country during the era when, when Alabama was the creme de la creme. He was the number one team all year long. Hendon Hooker, Bo Nix, Emory Jones, lost, lost, lost. So all these, you know, Max, you know, Max Johnson, all these other quarterbacks lost. So when people go, well, he lost to Alabama. That's most people. I think that uh, Nick Saban has only lost, what, 22 games since he's been there? And he's been there for 15 years. So he doesn't lose very often, BJ. But once again, though. If he, if he, and, and I'm not putting it all on Stetson, but if Stetson can get this done, Hollywood movie might not be enough. This thing might be a documentary. This thing might be a, a series because he said, "This is my dream. It's his dream to be behind center edge." He grew up, you know, Southeast Georgia. But man, this is all I'm saying. I, yes, I, I agree a million percent with you. And and I don't know where it's going to go. And I think we're going to have a close game. But I I do think it's a little bit unfair 
and and maybe I'm kind of misinterpreting some of the uh, you know pre commentary, but I've seen a lot of. If Stetson can get it done tonight, his <laughs> legacy will be this. Yeah. And, of course, any quarterback that wins a national championship. My only thing I'm saying here a couple of hours before kickoff is if he doesn't, he still has earned a place in Georgia history. Yeah. If Stetson Bennett – and it's not him. If if Georgia – Stetson plays well, doesn't play well, somewhere in between. If Georgia doesn't win a national championship tonight, Stetson Bennett still led you to the national championship game. Yep. Stetson Bennett did that while ranking in the top five in passer rating. Yep. He did that when everybody was exaggerating – Every single misthrow, every interception. I mean, yep. even going back to the SEC title game. I don't know. My guess would be Stetson would probably tell you that wasn't his best game ever. But mm-hmm. I keep hearing how many through two picks, through two picks. He also threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns. Yep. And the 340 yards were the most yards of any quarterback against Alabama this season. No quarterback has thrown for more. So, look, we'll see what happens tonight. Of course, history is going to focus on the championships. And if Stetson wins tonight, I mean, like DJ Shockley said, man, he's never going to buy a meal again. In the state of Georgia, he's going to have the the 30 for 30s, the documentaries. But if he loses, I'm going to be really disappointed if I see the narratives on social media of, see, this happened. Well, if you well, can, it's well, going to be there if they right? don't win. But, but, I mean, but this is all I'm saying, That may or may not be fair. Yeah. This is all I'm saying. If you're only evaluating quarterbacks, if they can only be acclaimed if they beat Alabama in the mm. national championship that's game, a very short list. that's an extremely <laughs> short list. That's all I'm saying. I think yeah. he's going to play. I think he's going to play well. Tonight. I think you're talking about uh, under, <clears throat> excuse me, under Nick Saban in the national championship. The two guys, the, the, the guys that have done it are number one overall picks, right? Deshaun Watson and uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. But hold on. Oh, no, and, uh, not but the thing is, right, there are certain things you just won't grow out of. Seth's been hearing this so long. You're like, dude, I've been hearing this. I've been dealing with this my whole life. What do you mean? Go through. But he go. But he go. But this was Seth's been to go. Do what, do, what, do what B.J. Bennett does. Go to the box scores. Go to the box scores all the way when I was in high school. Wait a minute, man. You one of the best to ever do it in high school. But the thing was, I run into that genetics problem again. I can't do anything about it. So I don't make it at Georgia because I didn't look the part. Kirby Smart said on record, I was wrong about Stetson. See, to me, sometimes we just, we don't like to, we don't like to admit Kevin and BJ that we were wrong. We expected him to be something he's never been. He's never been a failure. He's never been a loser. He's always put up numbers. And we don't like that because we look at it like, because people act like the, the most pressure field position in the state of Georgia is being the starting quarterback for Georgia. That is the most pressure anybody's going to feel, and he's doing it. So when he's sitting in a room with David Green, DJ Shockley, Matthew Stafford, Aaron, Aaron Murray, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Quincy Carter, they saying, hey, dude, man, what's, what's like playing the natty? Because, matter of fact, I would be sitting in there saying what it's like. Most people don't know what Blackshear, Georgia, they just said it on national TV because that's where he's from. That's right. So all I'm saying is when people say, who put Blackshear on the map? Dude named Stetson. Stetson what? Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett life would have been just fine, being just fine. But he said, dude, give me the opportunity. Watch what I do with it. And this time last year, people was laughing because he lost against Georgia, lost against Alabama, beat the brakes off of beat the brakes off of uh Florida. I'm sorry, beat the brakes off of Florida this year. Now he's he get to he get to face Alabama again. We'll we'll see what happens, but I do think BJ, the disrespect has nothing to do with Stetson. It's because at the end of the day, Stetson said if you could do what I would do, you would be doing it. But you mad because I'm doing it, and I'm going to keep doing it, and, and there's I nothing think, you can do about listen, it. Listen, listen, uh, Stetson represents, you know, so much. Yes. And, and you know, we heard earlier Brooks Austin talk about how much his team appreciates him, uh, rallies behind him. You know, you think about just, just uh, you know, you represent your family and your hometown and your high school and everybody that's been with you and supported you. But I also think, to a certain extent, he represents the quarterbacks who sometimes get overlooked because – players 
all sports, all positions. Maybe I'm not quite the prototype. Maybe I don't quite look the part. And maybe I'm not getting the benefit of the doubt because of that. Well, you know what? I'll go out and earn it. And, and I, I think when you look at guys like Stetson Bennett, and there are countless examples, maybe you don't necessarily turn away from a guy's tape because he's six foot and not six five. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you don't necessarily go, well, he's only a two star or three, you know, whatever the stars mean. Mm-hmm. If you can play, you can play. Yep. And, and, and if you can go out and you can get it done, you can go out and get it done. And, 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 and look, Stetson Bennett is in the spotlight, man. He is, Kevin, you're right. I, for as much as we can all say this and that, People are going to overreact to every throw. Sure. Every throw is going to be every good throw is going to be the best throw ever. Every bad throw is going to be the worst throw ever. But I think looking at the totality of work, this already is a thirty for thirty. It already is an incredible story. And at least for this season, I know he's still got more eligibility. But for for this year, this season, we'll see how it ends tonight. But he has earned the right to be. Here. Oh, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Again, the, in the day and age that uh, we are in, with certainly instantaneous uh, commentary on social media, etc., it, it it doesn't matter which way it goes. You probably uh, will still never fully win over people who just aren't uh, you know aren't going to listen to any kind of argument you could possibly make. But I mean, yeah, the fact of the matter is, he's out there with a chance to go out there and complete the dream season uh, for the University of Georgia that I know of, uh, that you can go talk to. Not that many people who can say, I was the quarterback of a Georgia football team that won the national championship. That list is very, very short. Very short. So, I mean, I I, I look at the, that to be possibly, uh, you know, the storybook ending. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. Uh, but, again, you're going up against the other best team in college football yeah. and the best program in the last decade. If mistakes happen, that's to be expected against a great team. I, I think if you're Alabama. There will be a mistake happen against that Georgia team. It's how they respond to it and, uh, and and bounce back. We'll get to some of that more of the keys to the game when we return live here at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come on out and uh, join us. Get ready for the big game here uh, tonight. Oyster roast going on outside as well, and always great food, great fun uh, right here at Coach's Corner Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. So much more to come. We'll look at the keys to the game tonight ahead of giving you our picks for this game tonight as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com, also on our Facebook, Twitter pages, and YouTube. Go to YouTube at ESPN Coastal. You can see us streaming live here at uh, Coach's as well. Three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. So uh, don't go anywhere but right here at Coach's Corner. Great spot to watch the game, and you're not going to want to miss a moment of it. And there's no way you can with all the TVs that are here. Certainly great food, great atmosphere tonight for the national championship game. But what are those keys? We talked a lot about the quarterbacks. What do you see are the keys to victory tonight, uh, BJ and Ben, as we get ready for uh, a game that we've dissected every single way uh, possible coming into uh, tonight's kickoff? I think the start of the game is going to be really important. And, and I know visiting with Brooks Austin uh, earlier in the show, great perspective, talking about, yeah, it's a, you know, the finish. And, of course, but I think there are so many emotions at play, so much psychology here, that what we see early might set the tempo for what we're going to see throughout. And, you know, the psychology, how does it manifest itself? I don't know. Alabama and Georgia just played, what, five weeks ago. Alabama won by 17 points. Is that something that, I'm not saying consciously, but is that something subconsciously that maybe is in the back of the mind of Georgia if you go out there and Bama gets off to a quick start and it's 13-3? to 3, What's up? I was going to say we had a comment, uh, uh, Thomas saying uh, online, our Bama fans, well, of course you could come out and watch the uh, – the game here. It's not like oh, a Bama fans welcome. That's what he says. Yeah, Bama fans. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Actually, I saw one of the uh, 
uh, one of the waitresses here at uh, Coach Corner had on your uh, Julio Jones. You got a nice even the, even amongst the staff here at Coach Corner, a nice back and forth between the Bama and Georgia. Yeah, you got to come on out. Yeah, but I think that what you see early could have a significant ripple effect. Uh, Georgia, conversely, after a disappointing finish, if they come out and get a 10, 13, 14, 17-point lead early, maybe they handle it differently than they did when it happened in the SEC championship game. But if Alabama comes out and gets up, I don't know, 13-3, to I, I don't think that's where you want to be if you're Georgia. I think that puts you in a in a trying spot for a number of reasons, and maybe that's a continuation from some of the talking points about, well, Georgia's been great, but can they beat Alabama? Before I get into the X's and O's of what matters, Ben, I wonder how much that's at play, the confidence of both sides, and I think that's more important for Georgia. I think if the first few drives go Alabama's way, that's going to be a real test for Georgia mentally. I think for Georgia, at the end of the day, when you think about a team like Alabama, when you understand that you've, you you kind of showed them everything you could show them, you got it, it's going to come down to those those individual matchups, and I and you and, and I'm talking about winning those matchups because BJ, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I can't remember how many games uh, Kevin uh, Alabama, I mean, has been down, and the thing is, the thing about beating Alabama, you got to do what they do better than them, and I'm not talking about outplaying them, I'm talking about poise. When Alabama's down, they don't lose. They don't get away from what they do. Most teams, they down by ten, they start running the football. Not Alabama, because Alabama knows. Listen, man, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You don't win the game in the first quarter, second quarter. You win it in the second half. So, can Georgia maintain that same pause? Are they down by ten, BJ, or are they up by ten? And are you going to turn Stetson Bennett loose? Because the problem is, if you turn him loose, he can go out there and make more plays than he's making. And if you can, uh, and don't take the ball out of his hand in crunch time situations. Let him go out there and try to make some plays with his arms because the running game has been good, not great. And that gives you a shot because I do think when you got a team like Alabama, they've seen it all. They've done it all. Alabama is the best team at situational football. Alabama is the only team in the national, in the college football playoff uh, era that that bench they started for a true freshman and still won the game. So I I just think if you are Georgia. Listen, withstand the onslaught, stay poised, win your individual matchups, that gives you a shot because it's not like BJ and Kevin. Like people kept saying, Alabama played their best game, Georgia played their worst game, they had the championship game. Uh-uh, Alabama just outplayed Georgia. Alabama did not play their best game. It just looked like that because we ain't seen Georgia look normal. If Alabama and Georgia play their best game, I would be very, very surprised to see who would come out on top because that means that everybody's doing their job. If it's an ugly defensive game, I wouldn't be surprised. But I just think that from the best teams I've ever played against, they force something out of you. Alabama forces you to do things that you don't normally do, call plays you don't normally call because you think you're going to just line up in front of them and say, let's play, let's just play rudimentary football. You're going to get ran off the field. Take some chances. I can live with losing if we empty, if we empty out the toolbox. If we emptied out every single thing we got and we lost, man, they were better than us. I get back in the locker room and I say, Coach, what is it? Oh, man, we – you know, it's, listen, I, I heard uh, I heard uh, Ray Lewis say something to, to Deion Sanders when he was interviewing him. Deion Sanders was like, hey, Ray, man, do you think you guys good enough to make it to the playoffs? Do you guys blame the coaches? And, and Ray Lewis says, I will never, ever blame a coach for something the players control. Players control the game. Coaches call the game. Sometimes Alabama has to overcome coaching. It's not that they got the greatest coordinators, BJ and Kevin. They got the greatest players. Because when, when Loxley was there, they was balling. When Lane Kiffin was there, they was balling. When 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 Sarkeesian was there, they was balling. So the product on the field is the same. Even the person that's in charge of the product changes. So I, I think I think today, come on, Munkin. Come on. Listen, 
Coach Lanning, I give him a lot of credit. He is not the head coach of Oregon, but he wanted he wanted to do with Coach Bill Napier away. I don't want to leave these guys because we still got finished business. That means a lot to those players, but you got to go out there and get it done. Got to go out there and be poised, and that, that should give you a shot. And I'm sure that could be scrutinized, uh, you know, seven ways from uh, from Sunday if the defense doesn't play well. How much of the focus was over here? And the, but but neither that. I I think BJ to me the biggest key for for Georgia is the confidence game. Uh, again, as Brooks said, Alabama's going to stick you. They're going to punch you in the face. How do you respond to that? Because I think that's what you said is key. You get down 13-3, to it's, I think, a little bit of here we go again uh, comes there. Because, uh, as I said, Georgia in this streak, BJ, what the last two or three times they've played, has been ahead and not won. Uh, they've been ahead multiple scores and not won. Uh, Bama's found a way. So if you go the the shoe on the confident, how does that play? And to me, for 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 uh, for Georgia, it's the confidence game because that team wearing uh, they're the most confident team in college football. And you know why? Because they've been there, done that, and their head coach says you came here for a reason, and it's to win games like this. So go out there and play well. We, we we've coached you up. We got 728 analysts. We got uh, former NFL guys as your offensive coordinator. We change coordinators every year. Guess what? We still win. Why? Because we're good and you're good. You expect like we as coaches are good and you're good. We expect you to go out and make plays. They are the most confident team in college football. And if you're Georgia, you got to match that confidence and you got to find a way. Not saying it's easy, but you got to find a way to crack theirs. Make Alabama nervous. Make them do some things that they don't want to do. And I'm sorry, up 10 don't usually do it because you know, they're, 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 they're feeling like they're in that game. But, I mean, Ben, shut down the run game because Nick Saban will look at it and say, fine, Georgia, you're, you're dominating against the run. I saw the over-under for Robinson tonight, 70 yards. If Brian Robinson gets 70 yards and he's averaging three yards a carry, Nick Saban will look at that as a win. You have to respect us running the football, and we're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and then we're going to make a play. So uh, it's just the unrelenting confidence at which Alabama plays with Ben, and I, I know you've been in situations where you play a team like that, and they are hard to beat because they don't believe that you can beat them. And I think for Georgia, you have to go into this game believing you can. Yeah, and, and, and Kevin, I mean, you I mean, you, you said a mouthful there when you talk about these coaches. It's all about philosophy. It's all about making sure that it takes a full year for your for your philosophy to really, like, uh, uh, resonate with these players. And the only reason why your philosophy is going to work is when you're winning. Well, Kirby Smart check, Nick Saban check. People will say, Kirby Smart knows everything about Nick Saban. Yeah, except by how to beat him. Because this is the thing. When you are the greatest, the greatest never, ever want to leave any doubt. People go, why did Nick Saban keep coaching? Because, man, I don't want to leave any doubt. Why does Tom Brady keep playing? I'm making that margin so big that you're not going to be able to catch me. And legacy is something that it takes a lifetime to build. Whether you, you know, So I think when you think about Kirby Smart's legacy, it's really, really nice. He's had some really, really great moments. But, but BJ and Kevin, when every, time, every time Alabama loses, it's breaking news. They make sure everybody knows because it doesn't happen often. But the thing about football is you know, people look at it wrong. When you out there balling and everybody celebrating with you, it's easy to do that. It's when, hey man, I, I watched Troy Fleming break his hand, go to the locker room, put, put you know, put some little, you know, bandage it up, come back out there with one hand to keep playing. Cause he said, dude, it means too much to me. You don't get but so many opportunities in this game to make a lasting impact, win or lose. And I think for this Georgia team, they want they get tired of hearing about 1980. They get tired of having one national championship anniversary team. I mean, good Lord, Alabama got so many. They they inviting teams back every other year now. So I, I do think, Kevin, when you said, you know, it's, it comes down to philosophy, 
Think about think about the legacy that could be built tonight if Georgia can start another legacy. All right, 2022. That's when we, you know, the jokes are going to be there no matter what happens tonight. But like I said, the great Herman Edwards said it, man. It's not how many fights you had. It's who you fought. Because it used to be you won an Azure Championship, leave it alone. But they say, did you beat Alabama? Yeah. They know how hard that is to do because different cast of characters, they're trying to get back to the, to, the, to the top of the mountain again. We'll see what happens tonight, but Georgia got good of a shot as in. We got more to come here, three and out on this Monday, Georgia-Bama. Coming up in just a little bit, we are at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come on out and uh, join us. Grab you something good to eat. They got the oyster roast going on uh, outside as well. You don't want to miss that and not a bad seat in the house for this one this evening. Come out and uh, take it all in here at Coach's Corner. This is three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page. You can also go to our YouTube page at ESPN Coastal on YouTube, and you can catch us streaming live there as well. We're coming back with more. Our picks coming up next here on 3 and Out. Kevin BJ and Ben live at Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Thanks for uh, making us a part of your day. Coming out and join us here at Coach's, uh, getting ready for the big college football national championship game this evening. No better spot to be. The coach's corner. They got the oyster roast going on outside. Already a number of fans outside uh, getting their spot picked out for the ball game uh, tonight, uh, BJ and Ben. But we've come to time for we're going to do our give our picks here for tonight's ball game. Everybody trying to get their picks in uh, to where uh, this game is headed tonight. What say you? And I don't I don't I don't have a great sense for how the game's going to evolve. I've talked to a lot of people. Some have said high scoring. Kevin, I know you've mentioned the national champion throughout the college football playoff era has normally had to get into the, the 30s, if not the 40s, to win. I know uh, talking with Cam, some others have said, hey, don't be surprised, low scoring. Look at these defenses. And you, and you absolutely understand that. Uh, end of the day, I think the talent is very comparable. I think these are the two best teams in the country, and I think that distinction holds by a wide margin. We saw that in the semifinals. I've seen Alabama play Georgia on the big stage and win close. And because of that, I think I'm going to go with that until proven otherwise. The score I went with in my preview was Alabama 34, Georgia 30. I think it's a much closer game than we saw in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. I think both quarterbacks are going to play well. I think you're going to have big plays. End of the day, the margin sometimes between first and second is a play, a moment. Uh, That was certainly the case in the national championship game a couple of years back where Georgia didn't trail for a single second in regulation. Only time they trailed in the entire game was when Tua hit Devonta Smith for the iconic walk-off national championship. So I think Georgia is, of course, capable of winning. I think Georgia can win. Uh, I'm every poll I've seen. I know uh, we had a poll up on ESPN Coastal was close to 50-50. We had a poll up on Southern Pigskin was close to 50-50. That's kind of the way I feel. I think it could go either way. But given that I've seen Alabama do it, given that I've seen Alabama do it against Georgia, uh, they played a month ago. The Tide won by 17. I think it'll be closer than that. But I'm going to go Alabama 34, Georgia 30 as the Tide win another national championship, Ben. The one thing I do know that's, that's definitely going to happen tonight, Kevin and BJ, is the world is going to get introduced to Stetson Bennett, and he's going to get to show the world why, you know, size has nothing to do. I heard somebody say, if you peel back, you know, you know, if you peel back and see the size of his heart, that's what's going to be shown tonight. Georgia has earned all the respect they've garnered throughout the course of the year because they were the number one team in the country this year. It's not that it was a down East. It's just that the beasts of the East were still the beasts. And, we, and that um, and beast, I mean Georgia. When you talk about Alabama, if you've ever seen Alabama practice, if you see how hard it is to make it through practice, you see how much fun those guys have when they play. 
try to live up to the expectation of a guy like Nick Saban who's seen it all, done it all, is only adding to his to his legacy, only adding to his GOAT status. It's hard to live up to that. You don't go to Alabama because you're afraid of controversy or you don't go to Alabama because you're you afraid to work hard. You go to Alabama because you feel as though you fit the bill. Once again, Will Anderson was told at Georgia he's too small. We don't know how big he's going to be. He went on to become the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. BJ, as you mentioned, had a, had a sack and a tackle for a loss in the SEC Championship game, and because he didn't have five sacks, people think he looked pedestrian. With all that being said, with all the respect that has been garnered from both teams, I still, I'm still going to go with Alabama 31-28. And that's not because I don't think Georgia's not good enough to beat them. Sometimes your best doesn't mean you're going to come out victorious. Just because you've been incredible throughout the course of the year. Like you say, Kevin, it's something about when the man name is Nick Saban, when the man name is the Alabama Crimson Tide, it's hard to beat that guy. Because look at look at the adversity they went through throughout the course of the year. They almost lost to LSU, almost lost to Auburn. That's called winning. <laughs> and the only team they the only team that beat them was a team that, you know, Jimbo Fisher, who's making declarations in the offseason saying we're gonna beat their you know what. He better be lucky he came up with that win too. So I just think that this game Obviously, it's obviously Alabama. I'm picking Alabama to win, but that doesn't mean that the, that the uh, respect is going to be uh, earned by Georgia. None bigger than Stetson Bennett, because BJ, Kevin, you know, any, BJ, you said something. I think it goes even deeper than that. You said uh, to the players that's been doubted, not to the people who have been doubting their life. You ain't this. You ain't that. Stetson represents that. Yeah. Because you say people can't. You know, you you talking about people in the, in, in the sense they can't control it. But I will say this: Stetson's going to make throws to show you why Kevin. When you, like you said, the first time you and BJ saw him, you go, "That's him." He said blue for the two, blue for the two, and let it fly. The mailman is not something he gave himself. Nicknames should be given by two people. F- friends and family members, not you. I mean, they call me the – I don't care what they call you. <laughs> you the mailman, because he, he delivers. What if you give yourself the nickname KT Blazer? That's different. What is the KT? Listen, or the artist formerly known as KT Blazer. That's, that's a little bit different. But yeah. I, just, I, just, I just think that when I, when I watch these two teams tonight, well, people ask, man, what is it about college football that you love? You're going to see it on display tonight. What is it about, quote, SEC football that makes it what it is? You're going to see it tonight. That's taking nothing away from other conferences. I just think that when it comes down to it, Kevin, you don't do certain things in life, and one of them you do not bet against Nick Saban or you're going to lose your money. Yeah, I mean, I look at uh, this thing tonight, and, BJ, it's, it's George is the favorite. Right, the, the betting favorite, they're, they're, they're given a couple of points here. I, I look at it and say, this is a great chance for Georgia to win. But something you said, BJ, Georgia's had other great chances to win, and they didn't do it. We came into this season, SEC media days, uh, at least the virtual kind and all that was, that was happening. We had a number of people on. They said, fellas, if you're going to beat Alabama, this might be the year to do it. They got some questions on the offensive line at some spots. Defensively, they may not be that prototypical Bama defense. Ooh. Bryce Young. This is what was being said. You know, Bryce Young is a, is a young quarterback, going to have to fill in for Mac Jones. And here we are on, uh, what, uh, January the 10th, and they're 13-1 and on what was considered to be a not great football team. 13-1. and and all those questions, Ultimate, you have the best offensive player in the country, maybe right. the best defensive player. And so in the for country. that, I I, I kind of go with Ben. I have uh, I I have Alabama twenty eight twenty one over Georgia, and it's simply because of the guy wearing the, the the pleated khakis, Nick Saban. That's it. Yeah. And again, you could talk about well, what about the players in this matchup? Yeah, it, lo- it looks pretty good. But Ben, you hate this word, but it's so true. The intangible of having Nick Saban as your coach. 
can't be understand. It doesn't mean he can't be beat. Doesn't mean that Georgia won't beat him tonight. But that man knows how to get his team ready for football. Going into the SEC championship game, oh, man, I don't know if Alabama's going to be able to block. Their line's beaten up, banged up a little bit. They're going to have all kinds of trouble uh, with this Georgia front. That offensive line's not your prototypical uh, Bama offensive line. Zero sacks. Held Georgia. They have an innate ability to rise to the occasion. And, again, you see that with certain franchises. The New York Yankees in the 90s. Were they the best team every single year? No, but in the big moment, home run, win the game, it's uncanny. And you're like, well, how does that happen? Just big-time franchises have that flair for the the dramatic. Michael Jordan with the Bulls. They believed they were going to win, and it seemingly came down. Sometimes it was MJ hitting the shot. Other times it was John Paxson. Why? Because they all believed MJ's going to get us there, and he's raised our ability to play, and there was no doubt what they were going to do. I think Nick Saban's got that. Kirby Smart plays with confidence, but in the back of your mind, Ben, you haven't done it yet, right? And you have to get over that hump. And I think if Alabama gets up early, there's a little bit of that doubt of, here we go again, got to get it done. And I think Nick Saban's the intangible, and that, again, I'm not betting anymore. I said it once before. Mm-hmm. I'm not betting anymore against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not betting against Nick Saban in the national championship. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll be on the show tomorrow. Guys, I was wrong. Congratulations, Georgia. First championship since 1980. But I'm not doing it. Not betting against Nick Saban right now in a national championship game. So give me Bama over Georgia. At the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. And, and I agree with you. You can kind of surmise a three-hour show in one sentence. With Nick Saban, until you see it, that's kind of the direction you got to lean. I know a lot of people might be saying, hey, everybody on the show is going, uh, going Alabama. No, no, Cam. Yeah. Cam went Georgia. PJ, I don't know which if, – if you guys made picks earlier today on, uh, on second down, PJ. So, we'll see. I think we all agree, though, it's going to be down to the wire. It's going to be close. Yeah, fantastic football game. We'll come back. We've got more to come here. Three and out from Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Come see us. We're all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Coach's Corner on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Great crowd assembling here as we get ready for college football's uh, ultimate night uh, with Alabama and Georgia. Coming out to Coach's Corner, grab me something good to eat. Great crowd uh, outside at the Oyster Roast going on, and not a bad spot in the house here for Georgia and Bama tonight. Of course, uh, for those of you in Savannah, we've got pregame coverage already going with uh, Georgia and uh, and Alabama. We'll have coverage for you uh, in Brunswick and Waycross starting at 7 p.m. tonight with all the pregame coverage. Kickoff just after 8, and guys, tomorrow it's going to be a lot to talk about. Win or lose for the dogs, and uh, certainly a lot to talk about uh, for for Nick Saban. If they win, adding to the legacy, or, or if they lose, uh, you know, has Georgia then crested that hill? So a lot to talk about either way uh, that this thing goes tonight. So many storylines. I, I I mean, just just uh, where do you start? Uh, uh, you know, teacher versus student, the quarterbacks, the the story of Stetson Bennett, the battle at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think regardless of what happens tonight. It's fair to expect Georgia to be here for a while. And I don't necessarily mean that every year you're going to be playing for the national championship, but I think Georgia has established itself as a program where this is the expectation. Everything affirms that. The coaching, uh, the, the talent development, the recruiting, the resources, the infrastructure. Alabama expects to be here every year. So does Georgia. And I don't think the Bulldogs are going away. Uh, this is a program, of course, after the game tonight, you're going to have everybody's way too early preseason top 25 for 2022. Georgia's going to be right there. But seize the moment. 
Pressure's a privilege. You've earned this. It's Alabama. In some ways, I think that's who you want it to be. Would you feel a little more comfortable if you were playing Cincinnati tonight? (laughs) Probably. But in, in, in some ways, it might not mean quite as much. This is Alabama. This is Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban. This is the modern standard in college football. This is this is the program that defines the sport right now. The game is there for the taking. Go out and get it done. This comes down to who we are versus what we do. I believe this is who Georgia is, but I believe when it comes to championship, this is what Alabama does. This is what they do, right? And this is what we expect. The one thing that Alabama has done that Georgia still has yet to do, Kevin and BJ, is earn the benefit of the doubt. That's why it's hard to go against Alabama, right? They've been beaten. It just don't happen that often. Georgia, if you are who you say you are, you got to go up there. You got to go out tonight and update your resume. That's what the best teams do. But to be a great team, you got to beat the greatest team there is right now in college football. You get your you get your shot come tonight at eight o'clock. Absolutely, and again, uh, Georgia and Alabama for the title. Again, storylines uh, regardless how this thing turns out, but. What a party it will be. I would imagine it will be a slow work day in the state of Georgia uh, yeah. if the uh, if the dogs – you think that it takes a little longer at uh, uh, going out and about? Might be less people at work tomorrow to uh, to deal with you if Georgia wins. A lot of people saying, eh, maybe I'll be in after lunch. <laughs> Come in a little later. Yeah. Uh, don't be surprised if you get a few text messages there, boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll be in about 1245. Yeah, I might be a little bit later today. Uh, than normal, depending on how this thing uh, this thing turns out. So enjoy the game coming out the coach's corner here on Victory Drive in Thunderbolt. Not a bad seat in the house. They got the oyster roast going on. A lot of folks uh, piling in, getting ready for a big night here in uh, in Indianapolis, uh, where the Georgia and Alabama are going to play it off one more time for all the marbles. We'll talk about it either way it goes tomorrow, three o'clock, three and out. We'll see you then all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, streaming live, ESPNCoso.com, live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as well. Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow here on 3 and Out.